this. All right, here we go. All right, welcome to Inside the Loop. Today is July 13th, 2020, and this honestly is the most hyped up podcast that we have yet to do. There's been a lot of work getting to where we are right now, but we're finally here. A lot of tears. <laughs> you cried, Jared? Yeah. Yes. In the best way. Uh, well, yeah, go, go for it, dude. What, what do you got on this, uh, on this podcast, Jared? I will tell you, this is how I feel. I just tried to type in a random word generator uh, because I was going to use the random word generator as the three words on my phone, but uh, I don't have the Wi-Fi to this place, so it's not really working. <laughs> but, but that's how I feel right now. Sure. So how long I have guess we been my, here? How long have we been talking and, and hanging out? Two hours, maybe. But my my my. Listen, listen, listen. My three words are random word generator. Think about it. About what? Because I mean, think about our guest. Like he can randomly generate words super quickly in his head and spit them out, as we've been doing. And whether it's on a beat, whether it's. Um, here on the couch, whether it's um, be, but my question is, why didn't you ask for the Wi-Fi password in the last two hours? <laughs> Jared, what does BLB stand for? It's the Bush League Boys. Let's not talk about. Y'all got necklaces. Yeah, it's. We'll get there. I mean, think about our merch that we have on our heads right now. Yeah, we do have merch. They were awesome. Merch shout out. Merch shout out. Yeah, it's big in the time. works. We got we got our guest a hat. Merch uh, birch. Yeah, merch, the merch, birch, dude. Speaking of random word generator, how about that? Random That's word generator, word. All right, Tuck. You want me to dive into the to the intro? Into the random word this generator. One's long. This one's actually really long. All right, here we are. This man was born and raised in the heart of West University, where he made a name for himself at a young age. Anytime this guy's name was brought up, heads turned. He attended Lamar High School, where he was not just an athlete but a legend. In his senior year, he hit 452 with seven home runs. 51 runs scored, 40 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. And where on the mound, he went 9-2 with a 2 ERA, registering 79 strikeouts and 65 innings of work. He also hit 96 on the radar gun, and we'll drop that link in later. Allegedly. <laughs> John wasn't in the class from the hours of 12 to 1.30. You can most likely find him. 12 to 1.30? <laughs> You can most likely find him in the courtyard at Who lunch. Who in the class 12 to 1.30? <laughs> in the heat of a freestyle circle. He, in fact, once spat a freestyle on ESPN's Senior League World Series Championship. Just going to interlude on this. We've got two Senior League World Champions. I have seen Tony's. And listen, we have two... John, I freestyled because you did it. Oh I have God. a freestyle. I have a Senior okay, League World Series freestyle. Wait, what, on my phone. What is the thing that you do at the end of the line, though? I've seen that. I say, let's go H-Town oh, yeah. and throw up the baby H. Well, what's the baby H? <laughs> you haven't heard of this? It's the the H-Town. Yeah, like, like, yeah H-town. but it's this. Now you put that's it, not, what is that? That's baby. the baby H. <laughs> is he serious? What, is <laughs> what do you mean am I being serious? Of course I'm being serious. It's this. It's more swag. Has any, Did you make this up? <laughs> I don't think I particularly made it up. Maybe I maybe I should copyright it. But if you watch the videos, I, I throw up this. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you completely. I love the whole... What is the baby H? The baby H is sort of like a little small-time swag emblem token of like the West U. You, I guess. Oh, oh okay. So is it, is it an H and a W? It's not like a West U thing. No, it's a... 
um, it's like this. It's like the hype. It's like you're so. It's like it's like you're. So, it's like you're so hype that you can't extend. You know. <laughs> we've actually never. We've never explained it. It's like my first time. Like, okay, let's let's be clear. Nobody has explained it. Still to this day, Tucker's. We haven't explained it. No one has explained to me why you would ever do this. As opposed to throw an H. Because everybody, like, people will be like, people will look at this and be like, oh, the like, H, yeah. are you throwing up, like, the H or, like, the UT Longhorn thing? But you can't mistake this. Oh, <laughs> this isn't in, I don't know what this is. That's the baby H. And that's even but, good but, form. But so, look, 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 look. Longhorn. Yeah. H-Town. I agree. And so where is the baby H coming in? I, the, it, it's sort of just like a... Um, I guess it's just like an emblem, like a inside the loop sort of like not our podcast, but it's sort of an inside the loop like emblem thing. Like I don't think somebody in Sharpstown would throw up the baby H. I'm so out. This is the one thing I'm outside the loop on clearly because I've never in my life ever even heard of someone one refer to a baby H, much less throw up some type of. I don't know what this is. Who. It's also something I did when I was like, it's like something I did when I was 15 years old when a camera was in front of me. So maybe it was just like, I've, I've done it stupid was just stuff into, out okay, of okay. like, I've done a lot of stupid stuff. And yeah, I, that, that is the best explanation I mean, but I've I don't heard think it, of the But I age. wanted to do it. It like, I went through my brain of like, say your line and then rip the baby age. <laughs> okay. Well, he went on to play baseball at Rice University. <laughs> 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 Under the legendary coach Wayne Graham. While at Rice, he excelled as a left-handed bat outfielder. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He was also a left-handed pitcher. After a successful career with the Owls, he went on to be drafted by the Chicago Cubs in the 23rd round, where he played three full seasons of minor league ball, where he collected a career 3.05 ERA and 79.2 innings of work. While excelling on the field and in the classroom, he pursued a music career for fun, where it has opened lots of doors and opportunities for him along the way. He's now finishing law school at the University of Houston, all while making music on the side and coaching Little League. Ladies and gents, John Williamson. Heck of an interview. I mean, sorry, intro. But I'm just so thrown off, which is probably why I just said interview, about the explanation behind a baby H. It makes no sense other than you were 15 and you had no idea what you were doing. That's that's the only possible thing. It went Tucker, from, I need some help because uh, you rip it too. So I need... I think your explanation of it being a podcast thing was the best explanation you had. But before that, when you said when you make it, when you go from a full age to a baby age, you go... It's like swag. It's just the hype. Everybody does this. This is like, oh shoot, that is different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tucker, you, you need an explanation. So I I have been a big fan of the podcast. Best one so far I thought was Mingden. I've listened and on one of the initial ones we talked about you doing the the whatever you want to call it the baby, the baby H. H and my first question literally I, I paused it and I was like is there something in Houston called the baby H that I'm unaware of like there's got to be something that I just was outside I googled it it is not a thing 
It is 100% not a thing. I don't even know what to say. I mean, Tuck, is it a thing? We're going to have to regroup after this podcast, and, and we need to formulate an explanation. John, who are your role models growing up? Oh, that's and maybe, a tough question. What about that the shirt you got on right now? Oh, definitely. So, middle school... And at that time, Hester was just blowing up, I think, at Miami. And so I started, Miami was my favorite school. And he was just a freak. And that year or the year before, he had just returned like two against Duke that were the most insane. Like, y'all should YouTube them. The craziest return kickoffs you've ever seen in your life. So I followed him, gets drafted by the Bears. And when I was in middle school, I used to always watch Sunday or Monday night football, whatever it was, when the Bears were on, not because I was a Bears fan, but because I was a Devin Hester fan, yeah. and I would only watch the kickoffs, and after the kickoff, I would, like, go do something else, and I'd come back every single time they were Wait kicking off to Hester. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that would be one of my role models, only just because I thought he did the coolest things in the world. Actual role models, on a serious note, probably my dad. On a cool note, uh, me and Birch were talking about this earlier, King Griffey Jr., I thought was, like, the coolest thing in the world. I always tried to hit like him. Every single time I did, I struck out because you're literally standing up and bat wiggling. So I just remember trying to hit like Griffey and just sucking. And then when I realized that not everyone could do that, then baseball started to progress a little bit. So I know that was a roundabout answer, but Hester and Griffey definitely up there. So, John, you know how Devin Hester and Ken Griffey Jr. make you feel? Like, just like, it's sick, right? Like, yeah, it's, just cool. it's, just it's just cool. It's just cool. That's the baby yeah. age. Yeah. It's just cool. Like, it's like Devin Hester returning freaking like punts and like running over people and like running through people like that's like the embodiment of the baby age okay if it I, that is the best explanation you've given <laughs> besides that you were a 15 year old and you had no idea what you were doing <laughs> but if that's your answer then i understand yeah i just thought they were so cool it was it was less about being a role model and just like the stuff that they did was just so cool and then also the Tar Heels the reason I was a big fan of them is because I'd always watch the College World Series and like at that time it was always Rice, yeah. UNC, Texas, uh, the colors LSU. Hit different. Well yeah yeah I mean I would I've always been a fan of the colors and then I always growing up I always wanted to go to UNC um, I also wanted to go to Miami but that was just never like a real possibility but right. Jared who are your role models? This is a good question this is a much better question for this podcast. <laughs> I mean I love Kanye West. I think he's sick. <laughs> I think he's Are you going to vote for him? I think See, as of right now... He's going to vote for him, for as sure. As of right now, I'm not saying that he has my vote, but he doesn't have my vote. He doesn't not have my vote. Okay, okay, okay. He, he, he probably... Like, okay, if we were going to throw a dart into a dark room, would it probably land on Kanye West right now? Yeah. You know? But that's just how it would work out. Like, is this y'all's first dive into politics on the podcast? For sure, for like, sure. Jared, but what if, how does he not get your vote? What? <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> like, I'm gonna vote for the person that's most fit to run our country. And right now, is can you sit here and tell me that he's not? Would confirm baby H? Does I wonder if he knows what the baby H is? If Kanye West threw up the baby H, would that seal it? <laughs> before I would implode. Are you the he first in line right at early voting? I he would. Can't talk right I would. Now. My body would just. Yeah, I can't even talk. My body would just delete <laughs> itself, and I would be ashes and dust, and then... Jared, ask it, your question. Wait, so you, you, mentioned, you, you mes- mentioned Devin Hester, and you mentioned Kid Griffey Jr. Did you have any um, basketball? Like, Hester football, Griffey baseball. 
so all of my I don't know if I ever played basketball with Tucker, but all my friends can attest to this. But I am the worst basketball player you've ever seen. I don't know why. I'm like that D up guy that like should be able to hit a three, but I still can't hit a three. Yeah. So it's like only D is the only thing I can prov- <laughs> only thing I can provide. <laughs> so do you just throw up prayers or like what do you take the shot though, at least? Oh no, no, no. I'll take the shot, but okay. I'm just like it's not even the guy that's taking the shot and missing and he's like, Oh no, I got this. It's like I take the shot and I'm like mid shot i'm like i'm sorry guys like i shouldn't have taken that but i'm going to continue to take more of those shots because i'm that bad and so because of that i don't have a basketball guy but i will say i'm like one of those guys on on twitter that i always see the mj uh lebron debate and i'm like why and kobe all three of those guys mm-hmm. and this is lame but i'm like why can we not like why is this a thing why aren't all three just considered very 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 elite you know what i mean like i mean they are they're they're, they're top five yeah. Each of those guys are in the top five. But people love... Oh, you love the debate. People, yes. oh, Bruce loves the debate. I'm a big oh, debate I guy. Guess. People love saying... Who, who is it? The greatest of all yes, time? Yes, the greatest of all time. I mean, it's not even close. You know, there's no... There's, it's not even... There's a room with somebody in it, and then there's, there's an elevator with people that are stuck on the floor below <laughs> that can't get up. And stuck. The people stuck in the elevator are so like, how many guys are stuck in this elevator? There's, like, there's like, there's like two guys stuck in the elevator and then a guy like trying to work and we can go through all the names, but the two people stuck in the elevator are, um, Kobe and Michael Jordan. And then LeBron <laughs> is in a room by himself in the penthouse suite of where James Harden lives. I kind of forgot, but, um, LeBron is chilling with his wife and TikTok sons on the penthouse top suite. So that is the one of the hottest takes I've heard. Um, He's I don't the greatest. Know, I don't know how to respond, but I will say, unfortunately, I don't necessarily disagree with you just because I think they're all on the same elevator. So I think we're at least close because I think there's people that think that LeBron fell down an elevator and MJ is on the top floor. So I don't know. You want to hear an even hotter take than I just said? <laughs> yes, yes. People are saying that M- Michael Jordan started the coronavirus so that <laughs> LeBron James could have won a championship this year. <laughs> if that's not a hot take, so, then I don't know what is. So I will say that is rather lukewarm for Twitter because I have seen some dark, dark stuff. If you go down a Twitter rabbit hole, like if you ever, have you all ever searched something on Twitter? Yeah. Just like search the term. Okay. We searched your I, name. I need y'all to go. I need y'all to go on Twitter, search a term, but then go down like way, way down. So like you could go search like 2014, where, <laughs> or like more down than that. <laughs> just in general, like if you if you search LeBron, you're gonna get you know t- ten blue check marks and and go down like maybe some hot takes. If you really start scrolling on like LeBron or Michael Jordan, you become less smart and potentially more evil. By scrolling down Twitter, with the egg emoji, all the people yes, that yes, are tweeting the egg, with the egg emojis. It's like Joe one two three six, and egg you're emoji. like, why did you skip four he's and five? Fo- he's like, following a thousand people, and he's got one follower, and it's <laughs> Joe one two three three or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, they're, brothers. they're both named Joe. <laughs> oh, okay. So no, no, going back on basketball, I follow like a ridiculous amount of dunkers on Instagram. Dunkers are so sick. That's all like I follow. Jordan Kilgannog like Jordan Kilgannog and those yeah, guys yes, and Jake yes, Clark the yes. Jumper. I follow both yeah. of them. And I'll <laughs> always tag my friends and they're like, how many dunkers do you follow? Like, why are you following all these dunkers? I'm like, this is so sick. Like, and I'm like thinking of ways that I could dunk, even though I have the worst vert of all time. I'm like, 
theoretically, if I could get my vert up, what would be my style dunk? And wait, I'm already thinking of it. So imagine. <laughs> no, it's too complicated, but I'm a big fan of Instagram dunkers. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> there was an Instagram dunker. I forgot his name. I'm blanking on his name right now that I took a picture with and we played. Uh, who? Who? Uh, I, I probably follow him he, he's for sure. Houston, he's Is the it, Houston guy. It's not guy. Jordan. It's not Jordan okay. No, it's a Houston guy. He's about. He's always outside at the at the Toyota Center. His name is Blacktop at Toyota. He's Center. always at the Blacktop. I could figure. I out for sure follow him. It's so quickly. It's not Flight Eight. It's I can't remember. We're gonna okay, okay, okay. But think about this dunk. This is the worst thing ever for podcasting. So just stay with me. I, yeah, no, 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 Birch, Birch, Birch. Okay. So <laughs> I, the 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 hoop is right here. Okay. Left. Uh, th- right so this is a three sixty dunk. I'm jumping two feet. Okay. <laughs> but I'm grabbing it. So this is the rim. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping a little bit further towards Tucker, but I'm grabbing it with my left hand in the middle of a 360. So I jump up like I'm mossing it. Yeah. I catch it with my left hand, but I'm this is at the beginning of my 360. I come around, 360 dunk on him, slam. So do you lob it to yourself? No, 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 no. Someone's lobbing it from like the free throw line area and I come around, snatch it with my left hand, but it's at the beginning of the 360. Okay. 360 slam. I've, I've got a dunk for you to watch. We're gonna watch it right now. Oh, 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 no, no, no. This is actually the dunk I'm thinking of. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This one definitely hasn't been done. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Same dunk, same dunk. No, hear me out. This is actually cool. I'm halfway through the 360 this time. <laughs> halfway through the 360 dunk. Instead of with my left hand, I jump and I'm up and then I'm turning 360, right? Yeah. I'm at 180 you, right you, now. Then I moss it. Then you, 360 dunk. <laughs> Wait, how is that different than the one that you just did? Because because this is with the left. So like obviously I catch 360 slam. But this one I'm opening up. Now I gotta moss it behind my body. And as and I then, moss it and I'm bringing it with me, and then boom. That is impossible. <laughs> they're throwing, they're, I'm dying because Tucker's, Tucker's laughing. As I've actually thought about this, dead serious, because when I watch the dunk contest, I'm like, why doesn't this happen? So it's a 360, normal 360. The thing is, he's lobbing it to you. But as he's lobbing it to you, at, you're at the 180, you snag it, but you're not going reverse dunk. You're you just keep going. And keep going. And as I go, once I hit the 360, then I slam. I got it. I mean, it sounds Does like... Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, 100%. It sounds I don't like know the most... why I've thought... So I've thought of this because I see all these guys doing... Like, so some people will listen to that, and you probably didn't hear anything because I'm standing up trying to dunk, but... <laughs> so, like, people if you go do watch, stuff like that. Yeah, if you go watch Instagram dunking, they're, they're you insane. will be like, oh, that they can 100% do that. That it, it this is that's never been done before. <laughs> that's what John wants to do. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I've ever talked about this too, and I don't know if anyone ever like daydreams, but I always when I look through one of these like Instagram things, I'm like, I'm telling you, a dunker's gonna do this. People are gonna go wild. But I thought of it. What was the question? What was the question? Here's my second question. <laughs> oh, what was the first question? <laughs> if you were given ten attempts, do you think you could catch? An NFL punt and then return it for at least ten yards. Oh my gosh, Devin Hester! I don't know if y'all seen like live football game like where you've seen how high these punts go, how much they move in the air. Tucker, you you've done your research because the last two questions have been like deep thoughts of mine. <laughs> like the Instagram dunk, I've actually thought of that dunk every day, and then <laughs> no, but this too, like. I've, I've almost wanted to debate people with that exact question. Like, come at them and be like, 
can you catch a knuckleball punt? And they're I like, went, oh, yeah, dude, I, I got it for Texans sure. game, and we punted it to, I don't know who, but while you're looking at that ball in the air, you look big forward, boys. and you have yeah. to make the decision of fair catching or returning it, and then you still have to catch the ball. And then you still got to run. And if you don't fair catch it, you have to run. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's so, been so. a deep thought of mine. And it's honestly... Can, no, I think, I, but, I, this is a great question. Um, so... I think the hardest part is actually not returning it. This is actually a really hot take because I'm, I'm sure we'll have people that are like, oh, dude, you definitely couldn't. The hardest part would be catching it, honestly, and deciding, like you said, fair catch or not. You know, you could probably get 10 yards if you juke that initial guy. I, I was going to say, but I think, but I think I would whiff support. it. I think, I think the ones I would catch, I would panic and just get smoked. And then the ones that like I might have a chance to get that 10 yards are the ones that I would just like muff and just, you know, I mean, that's tough. I, Jared, out of 10. What, yeah, what, what about it? in the, what about, this is what I think I could do. I think I could rush for one yard quarterback draw. If you give me the Seahawks right now, put pads on against, I don't know, the Browns. I feel like I could rush for one yard. <laughs> That is the furthest thing from the question that Tucker just asked. As Paul, that could not be. Com- okay, can you carry a football three feet? Is what you just answered. What he just asked is a guy throwing a knuckleball at you, sixty yards, and then you running against. Yeah, running against guys that run four threes. Can you get? Can you beat him for ten yards? And you countered with if a one-yard one. I, I catch it, dude. Anyone well, it depends on my blockers. If I catch it, I catch can take, what? If I can take, you're talking about the long snap. Yeah, no, 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 no. Shotgun. The, no, if I can catch. Oh, you're talking about the punt. The, the, punt, punt. the punt. If I can catch the punt, I'm going to get mollywopped. Like I will yeah, die I and I will fumble. But could I bring the ball ten yards forward? Maybe, but if I do, I'm not holding on to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the guy that I was thinking about is Sir Isaac. Have you heard of Sir Isaac? Yeah. He's yeah. that he. So he pulled up on. We were outside of Toyota Center, and he was like, like when he, he he's not like Jesus, but like he's like omnipresent. You know, like to where when he pulls up, like everybody's like whispering, like kind of like. I don't know, like, they're the disciples, like, he's here, you know, like, stuff like that, I don't know, but, and so we were like, oh, that's crazy, and we needed one more, and we literally asked him if he wanted to play, like, like, I pro, like, literally, like, it was me, Jacob Grams, like, a bunch of these guys, and, and he played with us, and he literally, like, would annihilate the rest, like, we would just, we would just get out of the way, and he would just dunk on everyone, and it was so fun to watch him play, um, but that's our little, that's my little, like, Sir Isaac name drop, watch your toes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here, I'll just use that to transition. So, John, if you... I'm making a transition from there. If, but, okay. if, if somebody gave you all the resources and all the land that you needed, what would you build? This is the best question I've been asked for sure. And but I, it's hard to get my get past the baby age and, and take take one of your questions seriously. Okay, okay. This is actually this is the first thing that came to my mind, which means it's probably true. I think I would I would want to build a castle. I think like those old school like actual castles yeah. are sick. As your actual living headquarters, or just as like a, a, a an escape. That's even a better question. Would you have? And then you could play like that murder mystery game where you have like a jester that like 
maybe is a murderer. Do you know? <laughs> no, I would not have a jester or murderer within my palace of infinite possibility. No, I would not. <laughs> Those two things I probably would not have. But I would, I would have a castle and a moat, and I would probably try to keep out. I, I might keep a jester. But all murderers would be outside of the moat. That would be filled with stuff that you cannot get by. But Like what animal um, in the water? So is this a real thing that... Oh, you know what I... So I have an infinite... What? Infinite resources. In everything. Infinite workers, infinite money, Oh infinite my gosh, everything. I'm building a Mario Kart track like Mario Kart 64 that has all of Sean the original tracks. Wait, what's your better. favorite... What's your favorite track? Oh, I'll run Luigi Raceway back oh, really? 40 times for the first one. I'm just ready because people underestimate it and they say it's just a loop and I can get this. Oh, I'll camp in fourth place with a lightning yeah. and three red shells. Boom, lightning. I'll run you over. If you're still ahead of me, I'll hit you with the red shell. I might hit you with two just to let you know. I think that the, the race you in first? track I mean, is truly the best skill sort of you're racing like yeah. it's an actual race where it's just you versus how good you can be and yeah. how much you know how to race and how good your turns are and how you can weave and how you can um because if you're in first place the entire time right during the last lap you're just gonna yeah. lose you're oh, gonna, yeah, you're, you're, done. Like you're, fourth, you're done you know no you and really so, have to crush um that definitely uh, my favorite video game but going to your question i would try to build all of those tracks i would still build a castle I don't know what type of aquatic sea creature I would keep in my moat, but with alligators and crocodiles, aren't they, I guess it's harder to get away from them in water, but if they're on land, you can run zigzag. Is that a real thing? Yeah, true. I thought that was just dinosaurs. I thought if you run dinosaurs. zigzag. Yeah, didn't Will Ferris say that? No, I, I don't know, but I'm saying with crocodiles and alligators, if you run zigzag, they can't get you. Yeah. Or not, they can't get you, but they're not as fast. Oh, really? Is that not real? I think you can outrun an alligator. Dude, they run like 40 oh, miles per hour. Yeah, I think... No. I, yeah, <laughs> so, so, so straight, straight line, I think you're done. I think what you're supposed to do is go zigzag. Really? <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to dive into the real world now. Okay, John, you're one of three, the youngest of three boys. Oh, gosh. This is already rough. Yo, I know y'all got in trouble. What was one of your fondest memories growing up in the Williamson household? Oh, that's a tough question. And I didn't see it coming. Um, I mean, we would play all sorts of games. I definitely got I definitely got picked on a ton. They were so much older than me that I was honestly just more looking up and I would go to their games and stuff and, mm -hmm. and, and try to pick up stuff. I think the biggest thing that helped me was watching each of them um, play baseball and have their own experiences with it. Um, my oldest brother, Thomas, he played Little League Baseball and ended up um, not liking it very much. And James ended up liking it more and then ended up playing college baseball. But seeing both of those experiences, I think really helped my dad, not to go on a serious note, but like navigate me through the scene because he was like, okay, this is why my, uh, my oldest son didn't like it. Okay, how, you know, how can I get James into a better situation? And then he learned both of those from both of them and yeah. set me up in a good spot to play Little League Baseball and select baseball and, and keep going. So that was the most beneficial thing. I will say the worst thing that happened is, I will not say which one, but one time pinned me down in our, in our house, uh, like our first home that I grew up in. I can't remember how old I was, but my parents left to go take the other one somewhere. 
and he like chased me around the house and I was terrified, like screaming Bloody Murray, like freaking out and finally got me and pulled me down. And I can't remember what movie this is. Someone can fact check this, but it's like a 90s movie where it might be Dumb and Dumber where they spit and, oh, yes. and and it goes all the way down and then they suck it back up. Yeah. That was that was Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yes. So so that was had just come out or it was popular at the time and he literally held me down and wasn't like beating me or anything, just like being an older brother and literally stood over me and was doing that to me <laughs> where it was like, and he was good at it too. Like it was coming way down and I'd be like, no, no, no. And then he'd suck it back suck up. Butt. I'm like, okay, like we're okay. And then he'd do it again Repeated and it, it was, oh, I don't, that's like, Probably my earliest memory. No, that's not true. But like, it was traumatizing. So your oldest brother is very creative. Yeah, he I was on America's him. Best Dance Crew, um, season or season two. He uh, he tried out for America's Best Dance Crew. I hope I'm saying that that episode the, the episode in season right. But he was on that. Tried out for that. Did one show and then didn't make the cut. But he yeah. was on TV America's Best Dance Crew because I remember watching it while being on a select ball tournament, watching him. And then my other brother was loved to play guitar and he would always cut in his room like his own guitar songs. And so I listened to both of them the whole time. And then also, like I said, with baseball, like I learned so much. So that I was gonna say with James and Thomas, both of their worlds, I feel like I've seen both of their worlds almost combined with you, with obviously like your artistic side with music. And obviously your baseball career. Yeah, yeah. I, I rap about both. So my oldest brother, when this is different house, it was our, our, our second house, he would have people, he was on, he was in dance at Lamar. So he would do like all sorts of dance, like contemporary, all that type of stuff, but also hip hop. So he's also yeah. part of the hip hop team. And so Friday nights, this is a true story, they would come over and my dad liked it because he would like everyone being like yeah. at the house yeah. so you know where kids are. Well, so he would invite the whole Lamar hip hop team over and they would move all the furniture. So just like this, it'd be a room like this, take the carpet out, take the couch out, throw it in the other room or throw it in the backyard. And they would like bring in the big speakers because yeah. at that time it wasn't like Bluetooth. You were bringing in like Your massive, yeah, 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 like massive speakers or a boombox, and they would just break dance. Like flips, windmills, and do everything. Like and I would literally just sit floor. there like with a Coke and just be like, this is the coolest thing. Like, why is he spinning on his head? How is he spinning on his head? How can I do that? Um, and that's how I got introduced into like hip hop in general. And then on the flip side, James would always, my, my, uh, he was the middle kid. Um, and closer to me in age, he would always like shred guitars and on in his room, his whole entire room was always records. Like he would always uh, either buy like cheap records or ask for them for Christmas and covered his entire room with like old classic rock records. And so I went to him for more and like, we actually did a couple songs where it was like acoustic yeah. and stuff and learned that type of music from him, like classic rock from him and my dad. And then Thomas was into, uh, a lot of like hip hop and house music before house music was like yeah. a thing. Sorry, that was my dog. But <laughs> and baseball too. Okay, and then I'm gonna transition that too. Was baseball did that become an early passion? Okay, so this is the weirdest thing, and I, I found this out last year. I was reading the book <laughs> Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Has anybody read that? Negative. No. Okay, so what he talks about is people that are successful and he kind of gives certain reasons that certain people are successful. And he, he amounts it to a lot of different things, but he goes through and he specifically goes through hockey and he's like, if you're born in these three months, 
you have a really good chance oh, I've heard yeah, of, of being an NHL okay, player. I actually have heard this. It's something like 90% of all the NHL players are born in, in the same three yes, months. exactly. It's crazy. So and it's the truth. Yeah, and he goes through that. And he's like, this is why. Because they're on that age cutoff where they're the oldest in their Little League group. I was born September 27th. And I was like, no way I was born within a month or two of the perfect time to be born as a baseball player. Right? And so I I think that was like the biggest thing is like I was born at the right time. I had two brothers that went before me and learned like, okay, this is what to do in Little League Baseball or not. And then the next guy went, okay, this is what to do in Select Baseball or not. Because James struck like he he played, but he played half and half. And when I got there, my dad was like, he's not about to play half and half with his age. If he's going to play half and half and sit on the bench, he's going to be with the age group above. And so I was always like a little bit more advanced. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing. Is like, had they not gone, I would have played at my age group. I would have been okay. In my baseball career, would have been different. But I don't know if that makes any sense. But that 100%. makes a hundred percent. I know that both of y'all are that baby. But that there's plenty of people that go through that. Also, Tucker, you were an anomaly because you were like 14 and hitting no, absolute t- tanks. Tucker it was hit insane. puberty at 12. Dude. I hit puberty my sophomore year of college. Dude, he came in at 14, was our starting shortstop. No, it's insane. Yeah. It was insane. Dude, we got good the, the fact that <laughs> he is, is yeah, starting at Lamar at 14. Dude, we were stacked. First of all, let me tell you the on, district. On an incredible team. This team yes. is not bad. No. This team is full of Division one, one. Every single person prospects. was Division one. Yeah. Every single person was Division one. Also, our district was stacked at the time. So... Uh, senior year was a little bit different, but y'all just had Mingdon on, yeah. big leaguer. Yeah. Taller Boardman was the ace at Bel Air and a hitter. He should have been a big leaguer, ended up getting hurt, had a similar career to me, but he was a, he was like 14, throwing 90-92. Those two guys, uh, freaks. Then we had Cole on our team, who uh, minor league, made it to double-A. Matt Luna got offered by TCU. I could go on and on, and he was the starting shortstop, it's batting insane. like five or six hole. Starting I think he batted right behind me. I think, I I, yeah. At one point, I was batting five hole. He was batting six hole. Uh, he had like four bombs as a freshman. No, Tucker literally hit puberty before my brain was even like decently developed. Like, and, and that, but but see, that's such a big thing because I have the exact same story of I was not the best little league player. Not just trying to be like, oh, like I was not. I really was not until twelve, like in even thirteen. All of my friends played up on the 14-year-old like junior team, and I, I was the one left behind. Like, yeah, it didn't make the all-star team or whatever it was. And then the next year, I hit it, started throwing 10 miles per hour harder, started hitting it out, and that's when everything took off. And that's when I was like, what you were saying, I was like, oh, baseball's fun, and it's because I was doing well. But there's yeah. there's probably some kid next to me that was striking out because he couldn't swing a drop five or drop three or whatever it was yeah. and was like, I don't like baseball and then quit baseball. Dude, baseball is the, if you suck at baseball, it's the worst game ever. It is the worst. It, it is the worst. When there's you suck, better. there's nothing worse literally yeah, in this life worse. than sport wise than sucking at baseball. It makes, uh-uh. it makes you want to evaporate. Yeah. Um, by the way, what's your son's name? If you're going to have one or daughter's <laughs> first name. <laughs> that is such a tough question. Can, can I, let me let me flip that back on you. What is what would your well, first would, son's name be? I was thinking be? about Tex or Coolio as of recently. <laughs> Coolio is very cool. Coolio is that? You know Coolio. He's a rapper. He's like a nineties rapper. What about what about Chameleonaire Williamson? Chameleonaire would be solid. I'm gonna transition to when I got Can I use the bathroom break. We'll be back uh, in a couple minutes. Intermission. Alright, bathroom break, we're back. We're gonna get into high school. Lamar High School, which is where I went. 
which is where I met John at an early age of 14 when John was, I think, 18. He's a senior. And I transferred in from another school, from private school, small private school, and showed up to Lamar to about 4,000 kids on campus. Huge eye yeah, thousands, thousands of kids, yeah. And so before, actually before I get into actually showing up to, I can't wait to Lamar, I shadowed Lamar. This is going to take this. We're we're this embarking segment, on I'm on not speak a long, for the long next time hour. now. Yeah. And this this is I so sh- funny. I shadowed Lamar. And, oh my gosh! And my heart's racing just showing up to campus, and I'm and I'm shadowing one of the baseball kids. And we go into his I think geometry class, his first period. So it's about eight thirty. It was lit. <laughs> about eight thirty, and we're si- I'm sitting there. I'm. I am literally just sitting there. I'm not doing anything. What else would you be doing at this point in time? Like, like what else would you be doing? Math work. Like, I'm just watching my my oh. friend do work. Who is going to give you math work on know. a visit? I just think it's weird. I'm sitting in a math class <laughs> what, doing nothing. Are you with me? <laughs> yeah, like slide the shadow over there. <laughs> all right, all right, listen. <laughs> listen, listen. So it's nine o'clock. I'm surprised you were thirty minutes in the class. It's thirty minutes in the class, and the door opens. And at this point in my life, John Williamson is just like this presence. I, I'm not yeah, omnipresent, hand. like Sir Isaac, <laughs> like a disciple thing. Oh my god! He walks in. Uh, kid you not. So Lamar, we have a we have a dress code, and it's just a navy or blue or navy blue or white collared shirt that says Lamar. So John, John, which is absurd. Person. They did not used to have a dress code. So I, I think I know where he's going. I don't know, but. It, well, I, let me let me so just refrain. John walks in thirty. He's not even in this class, by the way. He walks into this class to turn in a paper, and he's sagging his khaki shorts. Not intentionally. Not inten- my belt didn't fit. But he's wearing a white collared shirt, but it's Ralph Lauren. He's he's wearing his Oakley baseball sunglasses. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny if this is true or not. I will say. I don't, I don't know about the Ralph Lauren. I would always, what the trick was, is I would always get uh, the baseball jackets because you could wear a sports jacket. Right, yeah. And I would, ne- in four years at Lamar, I was never in dress code because I refused to buy, I don't know why, but it was a principal thing. I was like, I'm not going to buy that ugly polo. I'm going to get a cool baseball jacket and I'm just going to wear a t-shirt and my jacket. Now, I may or may not have had a polo, too. I, I did not, do not recall, so I can't confirm. But I never in four years was in dress code at Lamar. The, the, the khakis sagging also cannot confirm or deny. Um, not intentional. Uh, what was the last part? Oh, Oakley's. Okay. Oakley's. Loved a good pair of Oakley's. <laughs> that, that I can confirm. That's the only thing out of the three I can confirm. It was probably, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so when he walked in, turned 30 minutes late, I don't even know where he's supposed to be really. And I think he left. And I think to the guy I was shadowing, I was like, hey, is that John Williamson? Was this my junior year? This was, no, dude, this was senior year, senior fall, because I shadowed. Oh, okay. okay. I so this makes Lamar me. My fr- fall of freshman okay, year. this makes me a lot, feel a lot better about the story. Because I was like, what was I doing? But I had wood shop first period. <laughs> Where it like that's that's why you know we're literally just like I don't even know what we were doing and that's why I had the free time I was like what was I doing first period at nine but that's why 
Alright, I have to ask about this story because I don't think I've ever heard you talk about it. But Cole mentioned you and him got caught at Whataburger by Coach McGilvery one time. Oh my god. And gosh. y'all had to swim for punishment in y'all's hoodies, in a hoodie and sweatpants. I almost died. I actually almost died. I can't remember, I, I don't remember why we went to Whataburger or what happened, but I remember specifically swimming in my sweatshirt and literally almost dying. And I was like, and, and when you're in high school like that, you're like, I, I hope I go down so somebody gets in trouble. Like, I hope I just like, you know, and I could barely breathe. Like, it, it was the worst. If you have ever sw- treaded, sweatshirt. tread water in a sweatshirt and you will reconsider life. It is the worst. <laughs> um, I was also not a good swimmer, but... I'm, I'm glad you remember this because I didn't even remember the, that. The other day with Cole, I remember because we, you, me, Cole, and Luna would always hit in a group together. So it was me. That was the goat group. So that it was, was me, John, Cole Langford, and Matt Luna. And Damn, that, that was we, a good group. We would always we would we were always third round of BP. We were hitting the cage once, and it was Chumley was overseeing us, and Frank Chumley, legendary coach, absolute lunatic, and he was just monitoring us and we were feeding each other in the in the machine and i think cole would feed to you i would feed to cole and then you would feed to me and so Wait, I, but by feed what do you mean th- putting the ball in the machine oh i was about to say because i throw the worst no, yeah, bp of all time john is, the worst okay so john okay, so no, john not. is john is feeding me a ball in the machine at batting, at batting <laughs> practice and chumley's our coach is the kind of guy who will just rip you and will get on you, oh, rip you and, no and, and does not hesitate to say something to you if you're doing something wrong so john and he's not even paying attention john he's paying attention to me hitting john there is zero delay in, like, the like ne- in the next ball coming out of the machine. So John will feed me a ball, and I'm in my backswing, and John is already with his hand up putting the ball in the machine. And I have John going, Sean, get ready to hit. We <laughs> do And And Cole is behind Chumley in tears laughing. <laughs> and John's going, hit the ball. <laughs> or like stuttering it where you're like, hey, here oh, you go. Yeah, you're like, oh. <laughs> and he's like out on his front foot. He's like, someone stay back. Chumley's Chumley yelling at me. And I'm like, John. And he's like, Shh, get your foot down. And then when the coach would look at me, I'd be like, coach, I'm doing it. Like, I'm just dropping it in. Like, what do you want me to do? So that's literally what I dealt with like every day. Hitting batting. Oh, that practice. was common, yeah. And then when we get to the field, and so with John, it'd be like a hit or miss day. John's either feeling it. And when he's feeling it, dude, he's on top of the world. He's He's talking trash. To the to our coach during BP, <laughs> or he's just so pissed off, and it's just like done with batting practice. He has he wants nothing to do with it. And so we had Coach Roberts. That that's why. So lefty on lefty. Coach Roberts was like a three quarters guy slanging it, throwing BP. His BP was unreal. Like it was nasty. Like he ball. If you're a lefty, that ball's running under your wrist. But Coach Mack gave the best BP of all time. Yeah, so our, our head coach was absolutely. literally. Yeah, he threw just tomatoes, and you're just <laughs> molly walking. It. And we we 300 foot right field with BESR bats. Insane. It was in That's bomb season. So so you be hitting uh, backpack. Then Roberts John. come up and he just dice you up. You be hitting with John and Coach Max throwing. John after swings, it's literally he's. I don't know if he's doing this on purpose out loud or if he thinks he's just. <laughs> I don't he's know what you're the about only to one. Say. If he's <laughs> the only one that can hear it, but John will hit a ball and he hits like a nuke. And he'd be like, get on my 
kitchen, coach. <laughs> he's telling coach to get out of his kitchen. And I don't know if he's like whispering it or if he's actually like saying it so we can kind of hear it. And we're dead laughing. And he constantly, like he would literally go like three bombs in a row and everyone would be like, get out of my kitchen, coach. <laughs> Step in again. Or if Robert's just throwing and he's dicing and just... Oh, dude. I and couldn't hit chopping anything. Chopping John's wood off. Oh, I didn't my round early. I was like, I'm good. I'm good today. They're like, oh, you don't want the last round? Or like, I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, this okay. Guy. Okay, this is... Okay, we've always wanted this explanation. The legendary West Side playoff game. This is my... Fa- this is, this I've is been a look- story. I've been looking forward to this moment for... Two plus hours. It was awesome. okay. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Let me rephrase. Two plus months, honestly, because I've heard this thing about what you've done, and I need to know so what 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 is John, going on. So we're I don't know what inning. I don't know, but I'm guessing it's a pretty pretty intensive game. We're playing West Side in the playoffs. Oh, this is late game. This is and, this is yeah. we're down by one. And John, late game guy in a second. John. I don't know what got into it. He didn't tell anybody he was going to do this. He did this all on his own. And he starts walking up, you know, the legendary butler announcer calls your name out, coming up to the plate. And John just starts waving his hands in the air. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me preface this. Lamar Belair was always the rivalry. It always was. That was the two best teams in our district, whatever. West Side became very nowhere yeah came out of nowhere when when wall and those guys and then mingdon obviously and so i want to say this to mingdon too i was always close with mingdon the reason that we had such an intense rivalry with them was one they were very good but two our starting third baseman my sophomore year that should have been playing for us transferred to west side and so our senior year it was in the playoffs and i can't remember if this was in the playoffs or not but I, i think it was and it was a huge rivalry because it was like, this is our childhood best friend mm-hmm. that started with us and ended up on West Side. So there's a huge rivalry more than Bel Air. It, it should have been Lamar Bel Air, but it was, <laughs> it was West Side. Dude. Have you all ever looked back on your life and been like, I should have been nervous in that situation or like potentially like regret something? Yeah. Not regret, but like, so I look back on that and there's two moments. I'll talk about the second one when we get to Rice where I get nervous and like my hands get clammy when we talk about this because it was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. It was a lose-lose. The guy calls my name. We're down by one. Guy on second. Thank God Mingdon's not pitching. If Mingdon was pitching, definitely wouldn't have done this because you're getting like 94 inside then a splitter away. But I walk up. He calls my name. I like start digging in like I'm going to get in. I step out. And I turn to our crowd, not not just go. I turn to our crowd. I literally start going, "Let's go!" And like, not just like a couple. I waited until the whole crowd got up, and I was like, "Let's go! Let's go!" And like, they slowly got up and started, like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go!" And like, the whole crowd, the crowd got louder. Yeah, the, 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 crowd, crowd, louder. the crowd on our side started to get louder. It wasn't like insane, but like everyone starts standing up. And I think it was first pitch. I hit a double off the wall. Like, Let's go into second base. Yeah. John was a, John was if that would have been a home run, I probably would have died because I don't know what I would have done. But I want to address this for the podcast and for Mingdon. I need to address this. You said that the next time I did it, yes. I got punched out. Fake news. Did not happen. This is what happened. I pump up the crowd, hit the double. Oh, at Brazoswood. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I pump up the crowd. 
I hit the double. Coolest moment of my life by far, still to this day. Yeah. Definitely coolest thing I've ever done. Also probably stupidest thing I've ever done. Because, um, but we go to Brazoswood. Friday night. Or we're, we're at U of H. Yeah, we're at, well, I know, but we're, yeah, yeah, we're okay, at yeah, Brazoswood exactly. for intensive purposes. Um, we go, we're playing at U of H, packed house. Brandon Bergen's on the mound. The most, besides Mingden, yes. besides Mingden and Taller Boardman, the best high school play. I, y'all can go look up this dude's high school stats. Absolutely filthy. I think he was 16-0 and 0 as a senior with under a one ERA. Lefty. Absolute animal. I remember, like, Trumley going, huh. Have fun hitting this guy. And like me and Matt Luna were like, Yeah, wait till he sees our lineup and like said something like that. And, and yeah. Chumley was like, huh, You gonna get peanut butter or jelly? And I was like, Dude, I don't know what that means, but we're gonna hit him. Anyways, he comes in, he dices me up, I strike out first thing. Um, when I'm struggling, I would always look for Tucker and I would like try to find him in the dugout and mess with him. And so I walk up to Tucker, and this is this is why this is fake news. Um, I walk up to Tucker first game. We're losing by like one or two and he just K's me dirty. I walk up to Tucker. I go, if I get another at bat, I'm going to hit a nuke. <laughs> and Tucker was like, dude, what are you talking about? I said, Tucker and I like grab him by the shoulders. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, if I get another at bat, I'm going to hit a bomb off the scoreboard. And Tucker's <laughs> like, what are you saying? I walk up to the plate, Brandon Bergen. He had just diced me up with curveballs. First pitch, I'm going, I'm sitting curveball. I'm taking this out of the park. Fastball in, 0-1. I step out. I look at Tucker, like, probably back in the dugout. I'm like, I'm still hitting a nuke. Like, mouth it to him. I'm like, I'm still going to hit a nuke. Come back in, sit curveball again. Fastball in, 0-2. <laughs> I step out again. I'm like, I'm yeah, 0-2. And I'm like, oh, he's definitely throwing a curveball now. 100% throwing a curveball. I'm sitting on this. He doesn't know I'm sitting on it. If it's low, I'm going to take it. If he leaves this thing up, I'm hitting a bomb. Fastball in, strike three. Walk back to the dugout. And this is after telling the entire dugout, not just Tucker. Like, I yelled at Tucker. I was like, I'm going to hit a bomb. And strike out, three pitches looking. The next day, this is the fake news part of the story. The very last out, I'm surprised you didn't remember this. We get down to Brazoswood, our season on the line, down by like six. I come up with the bases loaded, loaded. We're down by four or five. I think because I'm one for one on the pump up the crowd <laughs> that I'm going to pump up the crowd again to save our season. <laughs> so, and we're, we're not down by four. If, it would have been cool if we were down by four. It's like, okay, let me hit a bomb. We were down by like six or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Roy, Roy is pitching. And I step out again at U of H, which like isn't packed because it's a high school game. And I, I again, there's more there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I start like pumping up the crowd again. No one's getting going because we're down by like five or six. And they're like, John, what are you doing? <laughs> And the very first pitch, I actually line out to left to end my high school career and end Lamar's season after pumping up the crowd. That's the actual story. That's the real story. But, the, but you were right. I did get punched out because I came in the dugout and I told everybody, I go, I'm going to hit a bomb right here. <laughs> Step in. Strike one. Strike two. Strike three. No swings. Walked back. And everyone was like, I don't even know if y'all were laughing. Y'all were like, what did you just, what, are you kidding me? But that's the actual story. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just gave you a lot of information. I love the this. God. Yes, yes. Twice. Twice. One for two. What was it? I don't know what it was. I mean, did it come from? I don't, dude, did John do was the king of pulling crap out of the box and just doing it. I so will say, I repeat. It was what did your coaches say? It was the... Oh, coach. dude. They were losing their mind. I, I agree with you, but I look back on that moment. I'm like, what was I thinking? Because it was a lose-lose. What if I... like Just like the line, I was like, what if I strike out there? Somehow, I hit it off the wall, but... I, I don't know. Like, if you would have gone deep, it oh. would have been the coolest thing of all. Not saying that what you did isn't the coolest thing of all time. It would have been 
Oh, unbelievable. It, Jared, I ever told you this is before this series started, and this just hit me. Before this fourth round against Brazoswood happened, so we just beat Westside, game three. Yeah. You know, in a week we play for the fourth round against Brazoswood. And this week span of four or five days, John decides to pull his senior prank. Oh, no. Birch, have you heard this? Never heard this. Here's what happened. Lamar has a rich tradition of senior pranks, insane senior pranks. Where, well, they they will literally put. Like uh, I have heard, and I'm not gonna name names. Did you, did you Stop! Look! 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 Shh. Oh. <laughs> look! There's no names to be named here, but there has literally been cars parked in ha- hallways filled with cement, so they can't move what? the cars out of the hallways. Another time, there was uh, dry ice bombs strategically placed in lockers where they would blow up at different times and you wouldn't know. So you'd like look for one and then while you're looking for one, the other one would go off. Another time, they they cemented all the doors shut. So we're mid-playoffs, uh, senior year's about to end and I'm like, okay, we have to pull a senior prank. And so I get with one of my good friends, Ben Calder, and I'm like, hey, what do you think for a senior prank? And we're going through all these ideas and he mentions a couple. I don't, I, I don't remember the conversation per se, but I was like, I need to do something where, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I can still play baseball. And so we're like, okay, I don't know, like, what, you know I mean? Because all that stuff, you don't want to yeah. get oh, to. Yeah, dude, you're kicked that You're not. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You don't want to get in that much of trouble. So I'm like, I'm running through all these situations, and I'm like, well, what if we get, like, everyone to dress up in blue man suits? And so we go through that option. We're like, crap, we're going to have to order all these blue man suits and, like, get the whole senior class to run in them. And we're like, well, what if we just, freshman lunch is like a thousand people, like a ton of people. We're like, what if we just run through? We're like, yeah, I guess we'll just run through. There's no way that we can get in trouble. How about, you don't even remember this, but we both wore our uniform. That was the one time in four years I wore my uniform. I put on the blue man suit and then put on the Lamar polo just so that I would be in uniform. So I took someone's Lamar polo, wore a blue man suit. And so the whole thing wasn't that bad. The thing that was bad is we decided to wear spandex suits, obviously. And I was like, I have to wear, I don't, he he didn't wear his uniform because he didn't care because his football season yeah. was over. I wore my uniform because I was like, I can't get in trouble. Like I, that we-, we y'all, Was y'all's plan to run the other side, get in the car and leave? Yeah, yeah. So we had someone waiting on the other side in the car to leave. Um, anyways, we, we all get in the spandex, or me and him get in the spandex. Well, the night before we all text everybody and we're like, hey, be ready, freshman lunch, it's going down. Well, everyone forwards that text. This is before social media. Like, everyone starts forwarding the text and is like, senior pranks going down, freshman lunch. And the whole school, we're talking 3,000 people. Shows up to freshman yeah, lunch. Yeah, shows up to freshman lunch and skips class. And so, like, what we did wasn't that I was in uniform just wearing a spandex suit. And But the problem was everyone skipped class because they thought that we were about to, like, do something. Like, like have a yeah, fighter. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, like, no, they, that's what they thought. They thought it was something like that where it was, like, going to get the whole thing going. Yeah. And so we start running through the quad, and the school heard of it because they told us we were, like, we hired an extra cop that day because we thought, like, something big was going to go down. And so we start running, and I remember running into the courtyard, and a I, thousand people I'm there. literally like, oh, my God. Like, I thought there was going to be a couple hundred the whole school is in the courtyard, like going nuts, and like people start running with us, and like, like you know how the the Hank Aaron home run where they're like running with him around yeah. the bases. That's how everyone like. There's like a thousand freshmen like trying to claw onto my shoulders, like yeah, yeah, and then we run under the gate of uh, not the gate, the bridge. 
There's like a bridge, yeah. and there's freshmen. That's exactly what it is. There's freshmen hanging off of that bridge because they're like, yeah, yeah, and they think something's about to happen. Like even as we're running, they're like, okay, it's not spandex suit. Like something's about to yeah, go down. Yeah. So the whole school is going nuts. The whole school gets shut down for like an hour because everyone was outside their classes. And we run through and we end up running to the end of the school and a guy in the security guard pulls up in a, in a golf cart and blocks us. And I was like, do I run? Do I not run? I don't know. Ended up turning myself in because I was like, there's no way I'm going to get in trouble for in, in, uh, whatever, in dress code, in a spandex suit. I'm like, I didn't do anything. And I walk into the principal's office and he's like, you pitching tonight? And I was like. And I'm like sweating bullets, like about to cry, actually about to cry if I wasn't already crying. And I was like, yes, sir. And he's like, go get him. And I literally walk out of the principal's office and it, it's, it's all good. But then they call my parents and they call McGilvery. Yeah. yeah. And they're calling everybody. And, and then it comes out after the fact, like after he had cleared me, he's like, the school had shut down for like a legit hour and a half because nobody was going to class. Like everyone just left their class and it was just in the hallways, just like, because they still thought something was coming. They were like, oh, it wasn't just a spandex. Like this is going to be a party. Like everyone stay in the hallways. And the school just like completely denied all teachers and faculty, like anything. They're like, oh, we're not going back in like the senior pranks today. And the whole school shut down. And then I had to pitch that night and then we ended up losing. But. Wait, wait, wait. Alternate with a so, question from Birch. Yeah, Birch, what do you got? There's some stories you need to know about me, John, but you're just going to die about... Okay, Birch, you're getting after this one because we have. I can't believe we haven't even hit this one because when I think John Williamson, I think freestyles. And this is... When I got to Lamar, I didn't even know you did this. And right. so we got... I think we won our first game and we're in the bus. Oh, it was definitely wild. And then, and then everybody starts crowding up in the back of the bus and it's Andrew Waters and John Williamson... And they just started freestyling in the back of the bus. And I was like, where, where am I and who are these kids? But I went back there to go listen. I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And John would literally just freestyle for like five, ten minutes. It was always about water to jump in and start freestyling five to ten minutes. Uh, ghetto uh, what was G-Code. Yeah, G-Code, G-Code was the number one. <laughs> that was the number one instrumental. But the funny thing is, it was always so hype because on the days you lost, just like any school, you couldn't talk. And so we'd go back there and like people would try to like whisper freestyle. So on Deju one, it was just so wild. And like I remember Coach McGovery being like, Hey, y'all keep it down back there, like stop freestyling. I was like, Coach, we won! And then like rhyme something with that. And the bus would just like all yeah. NBA. That's where I got the NBA bench. So I always NBA bench when something ridiculous happens. And so it, it came from that. Like anytime someone would drop like a line about the game, it wouldn't even be a good rap. Everyone would be like, Yeah, literally. <laughs> And just like grab anyone you could and like hold them back. And no one knew why we were holding anyone back, but you just always would. And then he would also at lunch, like that was a, that was a thing at Lamar at lunch. There'd be just a random circle in the middle of the courtyard. That's how I learned to rap is that Lamar. That's where you learned. Yeah. That's, that's where I learned to learn. Like there would always be people, um, throwing dice under the stairwell and like throwing cash. And I'd always walk up and. I don't even know how, because I, I never even learned how to play craps wherever they were playing. I was just like, like, what's going on? And then like, <laughs> and then hang out for a while. And then eventually, like when the game ended there, there'd be like a natural freestyle progression. <laughs> like, 
let's, let's do this. Like, let's let's freestyle. And we'd all freestyle together. And it was just sick because it'd always be like, at that time, because no one had like YouTube and stuff on their phones, it would always be like a pencil. Yeah. And you'd be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And someone Kyle would be killing it and you'd be going. And, and, and then that was another instance like when someone killed it you'd always nba bench and you're like wait why are we all going back like we can't hear him now because everyone would nba bench so far back you'd be like oh wait, wait, wait we gotta get closer so we can hear him again like so i one of my questions is gonna be that where where did that where did you talent rap yeah stringing words together uh it, it started so well, yeah we, so when you were talking about what did you talk about? Like in, Who's your rap idol? Inf- so influences. So the reason... Influ- rap influences. Uh, when I started, uh, let's see, I don't know how old YouTube is, but it's early 2000s. Yeah. Some of the earliest YouTube videos were Lil Flip freestyling, like actually freestyling, like chilling in a car, terrible video quality, and just freestyling. Like you could tell that he was like going off the head. And that's what we would listen to. So sometimes instead that of listening. That's the classic one that always comes out. Yes. 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 And, and, and he's got car. a super smooth yes. voice. Yes. He's killing like a lumberjack. Yes. Yes. Lumberjack. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Four yeah. by foes flipping like. A, yes. Yeah. That video, I'm not. This is no exaggeration. I've watched a thousand times. Dude. Maybe he, more. His his flow in that music video. It's or it's, it's in The way he enters and the way he exits. All three of them kill is, it insane the way that so that is what i used to watch and literally idolize i don't know how i got into that like probably from the break dancing from my brother yeah and the hip-hop and that he would listen to and he had 412s in his car which is the loudest thing i've ever heard in my life but so he would listen to, to to hip-hop and i got into it and then i for some reason i became obsessed with Lil flip and the suc and houston yeah. rap scene and click yeah and instead of listening to rap i would listen to the freestyles so like what's weird enough i'd be in my car and like we would listen to like a, a YouTube to MB3 thing of Lil mm-hmm. Flip freestyling, not even his thing. And so then I'd always be like, okay, I want to learn how to freestyle. So we'd always like, I, when people would come over, you probably came over a couple times and we'd always freestyle in my room. We'd always freestyle after the games. And that's like where I learned to rap and it was never really good. But the more times I did it, you then I realized it. I was like, okay, like there's certain room, words you need to rhyme with. Like, for example, like, orange there's nothing a lot that like there's not a lot of stuff that rhymes with it if anything so like you never want to end a rhyme with orange so what i would do is like okay let's think about words that are easy to rhyme with and like this is as i'm learning to rap and i'd be like okay vowels o ah e you know and that's how i'd get like freestyle pro i could freestyle fast i could freestyle slow and you know how it go you know i mean like all that stuff because i was like oh is the easiest word to rhyme with because yeah. there's a million words that come after O and same yeah. with like A and E and stuff. And that's how I learned to, like I, I didn't, at that time I didn't write, I would just like freestyle it, but I'd always try to end my rhyme or the bar with a vowel so that I can catch it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when I learned to do that. And then the Malcolm Kelly freestyle came out. Oh, <laughs> Malcolm Kelly. Oh, I'm sorry, you? sorry. I don't even know why I didn't even say that. That where they're wiping the screen was influential, yeah, so dude. Oh I know God. if you pulled up the Malcolm Kelly freestyle right now, I I would nail every single one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's there's a hundred. I love the the um sipping code sipping codeine because I got a kill cough. cough. Yeah. And then and then um, he says, Man, baby back door, baby <laughs> fall out, sipping code. Yeah, dude. I got a oh kill my cough. God. Uh, th- that Malcolm Kelly freaking freestyle is in. So you know, so that's that's the stuff that I like the most because Lil Flip had the same stuff. You could tell that was a freestyle because there's multiple times where he's like trying to catch that yeah. word yeah. and then he hits and it and he you're like, it. and then again the NBA bench moment where the ah, ah, 
out and everyone's yeah. going wild. They're, he keeps wiping yeah. the screen. It's yeah. so funny because it's so hype in there. So you're at Rice, back on track a little bit. You're playing for Wayne Graham. What was that like? That was definitely the hardest experience of my life. So I came into Rice, and like I said, I was, was confident. He everything people say he is. Just, just, and more, and more, for and sure. And more. And for sure. He's the type of guy that I'll, I'll preface with this while you're there. You may, unless you're one of the guys, like, you know, you start all four years or whatever, start all three years and get drafted, uh, that it's a, it's tough to be there. And then afterwards, you're like, okay, now I understand. Now I respect. Like, that's obviously a mark of a good coach. That was the hardest time of my life by a million. Um, when I went to Rice, obviously, you knew me, dominated, like, both on the mound, but also at the plate. When I think I started that fall, like, 0 for 20, and with, like, I don't even know how many strikeouts, a million strikeouts. And partly because, one, I was used to crowding the plate and then trying to drop a bomb, whatever, using a, a BESR bat, playing against less good defense, not facing guys that throw 92, all that stuff. But I just I struggled so much my freshman year that it was just it was not enjoyable at all. And going off Coach Graham, obviously he's hard on you. I remember struggling so much and not – getting any feedback and I talked to my one of my assistant coaches like not too long ago and he was like oh yeah when you were struggling we asked coach Graham to come talk to you or, or like what 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 should we work with Williamson on he's really striking out a lot he's really struggling what should we do and he goes wait until he comes and sees you and they're like yeah but like he's like going 0 for 3 with 2k's every day and then he's like wait until he comes and sees you because that's when he'll actually want to learn and then like a week later I walk into their office and I'm like, Hey, what, what can I work on hitting? Really? Yeah. And it was like one of those things where like, that sounds like a dark and terrible response, yeah. but he knew that I was struggling so bad that the only time that I was, that I would like receive coaching is when I would go in there yeah. and be like, Hey, can you help me out? Yeah. I remember I got the walk my junior year walk off hit for his a thousandth. Win. I was there. I was his a thousandth win that he's, we had lost the first couple games. He's at 999. I get the walk-off hit, go two for five, right, down, the line. down the line, go nuts. They have big interviews. They're like, Coach Graham, how's it feel to win 1,000 games? I'm hit that walk-off. Next day, on the bench. <laughs> Next day, sitting on the bench. And I'm literally like, I just went two for five with a walk-off for the guy's 1,000th win. How am I on the bench? And then another time, we're at Stanford, my junior year. This we, is Probably beginning of the season too, right? Beginning of the season, I'm starting at the at at that time starting. Um, we win Friday night. We win Saturday night. Saturday night, the whole team goes out at Stanford in Palo Alto because they're like, we're, the we're, we're two and zero. Yeah. We've already won the series. Won the we're series. good. Whole team goes out. I'm not saying whole team parties. I'm not saying that. Whole team goes out to you know restaurants, yeah. whatever. Rice is pretty loosey goosey on curfew. One of my friends, I'm not going to say who. Sees Pat Hallmark out at a bar in Palo Alto at like 11 p.m. We're up 2-0 on the season. We're 2-0 on the season. He walks up to Pat Hallmark. He goes, what's up, coach? And Pat Hallmark turns around. He goes, are you kidding me right now? And starts chewing him out in the bar. Him and the other coach immediately run back to the hotel, start checking all the rooms. Well, at that time, I wasn't back in my room. And some people had got like... Immediately, everyone's texting, like, coaches are checking rooms, coaches are checking rooms, coaches are checking rooms. So everyone gets back. Well, a group of us 
didn't get back in time. So he comes to my room and I'm not there. Were you trying to get back or were you like, oh, I don't... No, no, no. I, like, I, I, I don't remember. I think it was honestly, I didn't get a text or anything that said coaches are checking rooms. Yeah. And like, I'm sitting next to five other players. It wasn't like I'm like out, like scandalously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like running around. It's like, ha- not half the team, but a good amount of the team is right next to me. And we didn't like get the text. And by the time we get to the text, we try to get back. Um, we end up getting back. Nobody stops us or anything get into our room wake up in the morning it's 11 a.m game we get on the bus all the all the people that got caught are not starters except me he wayne graham turns up he's never done that like he doesn't really talk on the bus turns up and grabs onto both seats and he's like williamson he's like stand up and i stand up and he goes, this is one, you know, it starts just ripping me a new one, talking to me, not like yelling. And he's like slowly walking oh. back of us. And I'm standing up. And I'm like, what am I doing standing Are up here? Fight? Yeah, like, is he about <laughs> to fight? So he's like, and this is a true story. He goes, if I hadn't already written the lineup for, because he, he, he writes like yeah. meticulous lineups. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't go like this. Writing. He doesn't go like, oh, Williamson. Da, da, da. He goes, and then he traces it. Like it's, it looks it, like it's it, typed. Yeah, it, his handwriting looks like it's typed. He's very meticulous about his lineup because he takes it so seriously and everything. And he's like making it his way back to me. And I'm like, I'm like about to die. I'm like, this is the scariest moment of my life. Um, he's like, if I hadn't made my lineup today, you'd probably be off this team. And I was like, well, and I immediately wanted to be like, what about Bob? Like, and start yeah, like pointing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's the first thing I wanted to do. And I was about to do it. I was about to be like, what about blah, blah, The bus driver, uh, we're at a red light and he goes and coach Graham goes all like, like he's holding onto the seats and he jumps forward all the way up to like right in my face. <laughs> and me and him are like face to face. And, and he's like, I forgot what he said, but he's like, Let's just say you better have a good game today. And and then just walks back up front. And I was so shook. I've, I've never been that scared in my life. I was just like... And I remember before that game, like, talk, talking to all the teammates, I was like, I better have the best game of my life. And, like, that was the hardest I'd ever played in my life because I was like, if I go, like, 0 for 4, I'm, I'm getting cut from this team. What'd you do? I actually went had a good game. I was, like, 2 for 4 because <laughs> I was so God. scared out of my mind. I remember having a, a drag bunt and just run... Like, I, was, I probably ran a 6-1. Just because I was like, I might get cut. Like, this is the worst. And, and the thing is, he never said a word to the other guys that were out that missed curfew that didn't play. Not one word. Wow. I was the only person he said anything to. Not because I was the best. Not because I was in the lineup that day. And he's like, you, you put yourself ahead of the team. So off the field, John, John lived in a legendary house. And I, it's so hard to describe this house. It was three stories. There was a pool in the middle of the house. The inside the house. In, inside, the inside the house. house, not outside How'd the house. How'd you pull out? Is this your this house house or your no, roommate's house? No, no, house? no. This is, this is the your house room. that we had leased out for uh, in college. The John had like, his room was two rooms. It was really weird. It's like all mirrors. It was, the first yeah, room was all mirrors all and the mirrors. second room was the bed. It was weird. And and then there's a third floor. <laughs> third floor is where we really started making beats. Which and, like, is making where music, the music yeah. was produced. The studio. Yeah. And, and was the roof deck. And then I don't think there was any cars in the garage. It was only a golf cart. Yeah, the golf cart. So I, I, the funny story with the golf cart is my uh, – no, so I lived in the house sophomore year. But freshman year, I lived on campus. 
my freshman year, I got to keep I, I got to keep the playoff per diem. In my sophomore year, obviously, got to keep the playoff per diem. I saved both years per diem just just to buy a golf cart. So I remember being <laughs> I so happy when we made the playoffs my sophomore year. I was like, it's time to get a golf cart. And whatever it was, but it but that was the only car that that stayed in that garage, and we would drive. I would drive it to class. So, so are you talking you, about a regional? Yeah. Would you park your golf cart at the building of your class? Yeah, I would always. I was did always parking on the loop. No, but my car did. So I'd always. I was infamous for parking tickets, and I still am. Do you ever get a golf cart ticket? No, because I, it looked like the rice golf cart. <laughs> that is great. You so, put some orange on yes. it and so, rice employee on the front or something like the, that. The, the amount of money that I saved with that golf cart was unreal because I'd always get tickets because I'd park on the inner loop and you're not allowed to do that. And I'd put my flashers on, my car would either die and I, or I'd get a ticket or both. And that would always happen. So when I got the golf cart, I would just, you could swing it anywhere. You could put it like park it in a class and they're like, oh no, it's, it's maintenance. You're good. And so I'd, I would just park it everywhere. Um, can you confirm that Johnny Mansell slept on your couch? Confirmed. <laughs> Wait, how do you know Johnny? And his bodyguards slash bouncers. Okay, this is an unreal story. One of my best friends. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna go into this. One of my best friends. Uh, do I want to say names? Johnny Manziel slept on your couch. Just, just wait. <laughs> With his bouncer, was he standing up during the okay. bouncer okay. slash no. like lineman? Okay. Did okay. he sleep or did he stay okay. awake? Okay. Johnny Manziel wins Heisman. At that time, there's At no scandal. Yes. Is he friends with Cole? Just, just because he's our A and M connection. I know. Just hear me out. Right. Johnny Manziel wins Heisman. This is before scandals. This is before anything. He is the number one A-list celebrity. This yeah. is before like the autograph thing came out. The, like this is, he had just won, he was the coolest person. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like this yeah. is before all yeah. that. Oh yeah. The um, he's the man. He's the man. But also before all the other stuff came out. Mm -hmm. I get a call from my buddy who's good friends with him and says, hey, um, I'm in Houston. Do you want to go to Kirko Bangs's studio? And at the time I'm like trying to be a rapper. I'm like, Yes, where do I get, like, tell me the address. Sends me the address. Kirk I show up, Bye. and I don't know the studio. I, I truly don't. I show up. It is a legit, it's not a studio. It, or it is a studio, but it's, like, a legit party. Like, it's a nightclub? 50, 50 to 60 people there, and everyone's just, like, partying. And Kirko's in the studio, in the booth. Making music. Making music. In the, in the studio, it's probably this bit, like, the outside with the mixer and everything. Yeah. It's probably this big, and everyone's in there. And I'm like freaking out. And then I see Johnny, Johnny Manziel, just won the Heisman. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, this is wild. I walk outside and this is honest God, true story. I walk outside cause I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, this is insane. <laughs> outside, there's a freestyle rap battle going on outside of the studio, like in the backyard of the studio. Were you gonna hop in? Yeah. So I walk outside, freestyle circle. I start freestyling, yeah. like killing it with these people, like, I don't know, Kirko's crew, and we're just going, like, for an hour, and I'm hanging out with these people. I, I come back inside, I'm hyped, I'm like, let's go, this is sick, like, I'm partying with Kirko Bangs and Johnny Manziel, and I didn't even know where my buddy was with that at that point. I'm, like, feeling myself, I don't even know anybody here, I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've, I've ever done in my life already. I walk, <laughs> I walk into the studio, and this you is pull up the true story. <laughs> I walk into the studio and I pick up one of like the glasses and like start putting ice in it and I drop the glass in the studio, shatters the glass. 
Kirko comes out of the booth and he's like, everybody out now. Like, I'm trying to make a hit and y'all, y'all, like y'all girls in the back can't like, cause there's a bunch of girls in there. Y'all girls in the back dropping wine glasses and stuff. Like, get out of here. Clears out the studio and like everyone leaves and like the party like literally ends. Like everyone's like funneled out into the streets because he's trying to make an album and I dropped a glass and like everyone's like, ooh. And I like immediately like walked out and we go out into the street and Johnny obviously lives in College Station and my buddy's like, I was living with his parents and he was like, hey, Johnny needs a place to stay tonight. And um, like, could you stay at your house? And I'm like, yeah, you can stay at my house. Like, okay, that's great. And so anyways, we all go back uh, to my house and I remember like still feeling good about the Kirko raps. And so <laughs> I start like freestyling when we get back. Like I put on a beat, like my type of party or something. I'm like freestyling and I'm like dropping Johnny Manziel rhymes, which in hindsight is so embarrassing because he's right in front of me. And I'm like, do it big, like a man's up. And, he, and he's literally looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy? Like what in the world? Um, anyways, so he ends up that night sleeping on my couch with like a posse of his, all of his people, like 10 people. Wait, are they all sleeping? No, they all just found a spot to sleep. I had class in the morning. I left in the morning, and when I got back, like, I went to class in the morning. They were there sleeping. And Imagine the person. They were there sleeping, and then when I came back, they were gone. Never talked to them. Don't know them. Don't know any of the people. John, imagine the person that you're sitting next to in whatever class you went to, English or whatever. You, like, sitting down and being like, and this this guy sitting next to you and being like, dude, like, I had, like, the craziest <laughs> And you realize, you're like... No, bro. And he's like, dude, like, I stayed up a little late, like, playing Call of Duty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had a crazy night. And you're just like, well, um, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, bro, but Johnny Menzel slept in my house last night. I was freestyling with Kirko Bangs' crew. And you're, and he's just, this guy's just like, uh, what? Like, so, in class ends so, and you drive off no, with a car. That, 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 <laughs> So, so it's in the golf carts in the middle of the hallway and you just pull, peel out in the golf cart. That guy would probably be like, was that real life? Who was that? At what point or what did you do to take music to the next level? Uh, music, as y'all know, I, I made music for a long time and not only was it bad, it didn't get any views. And then the whole Cubs thing happened and it blew up. So what college taught me with, with both baseball and music is that, if you work your ass off, you you might get a shot, but but also it just kind of take more than anything. It ta- taught me that you just need one opportunity. It, it could go for this podcast, or go for y'all's business, or go for your baseball career, uh, photography, anything, marketing. You need one, like you just need a little bit of luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not just yeah. saying that in a cliche way. If I don't go four for four there, I don't get offered by Rice. I don't parlay into other offers. I don't get you, all this stuff. If I don't play for the Cubs. I know that we haven't gotten into that yet. If I don't play for the Cubs, how am I going to rap about a 108-year curse yeah. and blow up on Bleacher Report and Barstool? If I play for uh, even the Astros at that time who were struggling, or 2016, they were good. But like the Rays. Let's yeah. say I get drafted by the Tampa Ray Rays. Me freestyling in a locker room does not go means viral. Nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. If someone views it and goes, no, it's some kid freestyling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with the Cubs. It blows up 30,000 followers overnight. And it's a huge thing. And both of those things taught me, it was like, you need one, like, you just need one moment like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it, come, when it came to music, let's transition there into minor leagues. Wow. You get drafted. That was, 
What was that experience? That was like? Kobe Bryant esque. No, right that, that was not. No, it was not. No, that so was the Kobe Bryant. Uh, my senior year played outfield and pitched and walked into the draft meetings and I was like, dude, I'll take anything. Like everyone walks into the, the, the draft meetings at Rice and they're like, okay, so I want 50 grand or if you're a junior, I want 100 grand, whatever. And I walked in and I was like, I'm just going to be honest with all of y'all. I just like give me an opportunity and, and that's about it. And ended up getting drafted by the Cubs. That's so, where were you? Uh, I, I was at home and I remember at that seeing time, the graphic that Rice posted. I was like, yeah, we, we no. me and my mom were watching the ticker and she has spent so much time. I know that a bunch of people probably say this, but she spent so much time like driving me back and forth places. And like at Rice, there's multiple times where I wanted to quit, like very, very close to quitting. Yeah. And when that happened, obviously we both cried and it was like, it was insane. Insane feeling. So, okay, so you get drafted. Jerry and I love asking this question. So you get drafted. You're there playing minor league ball. Oh my God. What, what stories of minor league baseball stick out to you? Okay. From bus rides to I, locker room. I man. get drafted and they're like, hey, I'm like, what's the next step? And so they send me a contract. The contract is for $1,000. <laughs> and I'm like, I reread it. I'm like, is this really for $1,000? Um, and anyways, end up getting that $1,000. What I spent that on, first of all, they don't tell you. You get two payments and they take taxes out. So it's really not $1,000. Um, I forgot what I spent the other one on, but I spent one, uh, my first payment, I immediately like Nike ID'd a pair of shoes. <laughs> and that was like my entire signing bonus was gone. And so you get drafted, you're there, you're playing minor league ball. Oh my God. What, what stories of minor league baseball stick out to you? So I throw my first bullpen. In the middle of my first bullpen for the Cubs, they stop my bullpen and they go, hey, you're going up to uh, short season A ball. What? In the middle, middle of the bullpen. bullpen. They're like, we need, we need arms up there. So me and three guys uh, leave that night at like 3 a.m. They always fly guys out early for two reasons, to save money, but also to get them out early. And so what they do is they send a guy to come get you or you take an Uber at 3 or 4 a.m. And then you take your red-eye flight out. Yeah. And then obviously you're amped the whole day. And so you don't sleep at all. We get to Oregon that night and I'm like, oh, this is minor league baseball. I had always pictured minor league baseball in Montana behind a farm with nobody there and just like whatever. It's at University of Oregon. Packed house. Really? Packed house. People going nuts, like having promotions crazy jerseys we're in university of oregon's uh locker room and they're like y'all probably aren't going to pitch tonight we know you've had a long day you, you played slept. there right didn't y'all play a regional yeah, oh, yeah yeah we played a regional yeah. it was more packed than the regional so i show up i go to the bullpen um i'm like pretty amped and bottom eight comes up uh we might have been already losing but it's a close game close game we're either up by one or down by one and you could probably look this up in my stats honestly I, they they call down to the bullpen. They say Williamson get hot. They say Williamson get hot, and I'm like, oh my god, like I, like I can't feel anything. Like obviously this isn't anything like the MLB, but it's a packed house. Yeah. This is my first uh, professional outing. I'm like throwing BBs, feeling great in the bullpen. I'm like, this is <laughs> sick. Yeah, like, like yes, yes. Like I, this is the best best thing in the world. And they bring me into the game. I'm facing a lefty. Do uh, you know anything about him? Or like, no, do, they, just, do they prep you at all? Or are you just going? No, not, not, they do have good scouting reports, but not today. No, okay. no prep. Walk in. Uh, I'm, this is the most nervous I've been probably in a long time. First pitch ball, second pitch strike. 1-1. One, one. Lefty on, nobody on actually, two outs. Next pitch, I've never told anybody this, except for obviously my teammates know it. 
break the guy's bat, two seam in, 91, break the guy's bat, there's video of it. He hits a dribbler to my left, and I finish like this. Yeah. Hits a dribbler, I turn to go get it, my feet come out from under me, I land on my face. Land on my face. On the mound, and I'm like crawling to try to get the ball, can't reach the ball, guy gets on first base. Very first batter I've ever faced in professional baseball, 5,000 people, University of Oregon. I'm so flustered. Is there video of that? Yeah, I can. I I I have it somewhere. I, it's actually on that iPad. Uh, obviously, I've never released it, but <laughs> so I, I can give it to y'all. It's hilarious. So next guy, I'm flustered. I end up walking the next guy like on a like three two or three one, whatever it was. And I now I'm really flustered. I'm like, oh my god, this is like I, I made a fool of myself. Walk the next guy. Coach comes out and gets me. Base is juiced. All three of my runs. I go like get in the dugout and I'm like trying to make small talk with the guy next to me who I have no idea who it is. And I'm like, hey, so like what's going on? He's like, hey, so where are you from? And like mid conversation. <laughs> no. First pitch that the next guy throws behind me, triple down the line, bases clearing, infinite ERA. <laughs> infinite ERA. And I'm like, yep, okay. And I remember just like calling both my mom and my girlfriend at the time and I was like, this is like this sucks. But but going off going off that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm talking way too much. Funny rookie ball story. I get back down. They have a list of everyone that's going to pitch. So they have 10 names on the pitching list. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Yeah. 10 100%. names on the pitching list. I'm the last one on. When that happens, you're usually the last one up, especially in minor league baseball because they don't care about winning games. They care about getting guys reps. So they usually put the list of the order you're going to pitch in because it's not like, oh, we're going to go to our guy. It's like, yeah. we need to get Johnny reps or get whoever reps. I'm the last person on. First inning of a game against, I can't remember who in rookie ball. I'm in the restroom in the bullpen in turfs. First inning of a game. I'm the last person on the list. I'm like, I'm not going to pitch today. We had a rehab start, which means a guy that was coming back from Tommy John. Yeah. So he was on a pitch count. Yeah. Well, not only was he on a pitch count, he was on an inning by inning pitch count. So if like let's say he's on a sixty pitch count, yeah, he can only but, throw ten in the inning. Yeah, he can only throw however many in an, in an inning before it counts, like twenty five or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm in the uh, in <laughs> I'm in the bullpen at Arizona, in the uh, their spring training complex. It's like hundred and fifteen degrees because it's the summer. I'm sitting in there in my turfs and I'm using the restroom, actually using the restroom, and they start banging on the door and they're like, Williamson, get hot, Williamson, get hot. And we always did that. Anytime you go in the restroom, you always like bang on the door and say, well, like whoever yeah. get hot. So they freak out and they come out and you're all like, ha ha ha. Yeah. And I was like, shut up. Like let, it's the first inning. Let me use the restroom. Yeah. And they're like still banging. Cause the guy, the pitching coach at that time was a former player. So he's my age. So like he's messing with, you know, he's yeah. my friend. He's not a coach. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, seriously, like get hot. You're, you're hot. I'm like, dude, the game just started. The guy hit his pitch count. And so I had like, I walked out and they're like, dude, seriously, they're asking like on the bullpen phone if you're hot and we're saying you almost are. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't have time to to put on everything. And again, you can confirm this to any of my teammates. I put on my cleats. They called me in the game. I crow hopped too, not even to the catcher, just into the wall and went into the game with like bases loaded, two outs in the first. In the first inning. And praise God. I struck the guy out. My day was done. Walked in the dugout, put my turfs on, and just sat in the dugout the rest of the day. Dude, what? 
They said the funniest part about that story is, is them going. We told them that you're hot. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. In the bathroom with yeah. Turfs. So they expect you to go. Out yeah. There so that. they're like, okay, well, he's good, you know. Yeah, and then I, I was always like, the, I'm sure I'm still the example there where they're like, hey, don't trust the lineup. Because usually it, it really is the lineup. It's like, yeah. hey, if you're first, you're going to pitch. Just because it's so different than college. You know what I mean? Like, right. If you haven't pitched in four days in college, that means you might not pitch. In the minor leagues, if you haven't yeah. pitched in four days, that means you're pitching. Then no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Even however the game goes, even if you suck, you need your rep. You know what I mean? So like, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not pitching. And then came in the game. So funny, dude. Do you have any memorable bus rides? So when the whole music... Or what would you do on the bus? When the whole music thing happened, we would... Uh, I would only freestyle after I had a good game. Because I didn't want to be <laughs> that guy that like just blew the game and was like, Hey, film me freestyling so we can like, <laughs> go viral. So I'd only freestyle after we had good games. Or, sorry, sorry. Not even the team. Only after I had good games because I didn't want to be like... Like post a rap, yeah, and then someone be like, "Somebody Dude, look you blew up your the, stats." Yeah, 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 you had you gave up three runs. Wait, so what was what was the initial breakout like? Are you talking about his like breakout that went viral, or just him being I, known as an artist? Both. I'm talking about the initial breakout, and then like yeah. So before that happened, nothing happened. Like no, nothing like that. Like I showed teammates stuff, and they're like, "Oh, this is cool," and some of them were like, "Oh, that's fine." You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that cool of a thing. But what was the question? Is there? <laughs> what was uh, the question? So, how long did it take for your for your minor league teammates to realize that you were that you were Wilson? No, no, no. So, I I rapped. That's that's what the question was. I rapped, but the whole organization knew. But they knew that they knew that it hadn't taken off. So they knew me as a rapper. One of the coordinators came down. He was one of our mental health coaches mental health strong word but like mental strength like we would talk about cubs were big into yoga and meditation and visualization and he came down and he's a former big leaguer darnell mcdonald and he came up to me and he was like hey dude i heard you rap would you be down to rap about the cubs um and i'll send it to the big league guys chris bryant and rizzo and all those guys and i was like what do you mean send it to him he's like just rap about them winning like you know getting hot this year and win the World Series, and I'll send it to him. And obviously, this is like semi my boss. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So they throw on Drake, zero to 100. And what's wild, full circle, I know this has been a long podcast, I end up freestyling, like not actually. Was that a freestyle? Yeah, yeah, freestyle. Because How do you do that? Because he, he came up to me and was like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, I've made a million songs, and all of them I write and like try to figure all that stuff out. He came up to me, he's like, hey, just freestyle about them. And so... I start 108 years, all that stuff, and I don't post it. He he takes the video. I don't even know what he's doing with the video. I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to send it to the Cubs, but probably not. He posted on his Instagram. Next day, 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers, CBS, Barstool, uh, Bleacher Report, uh, all these different things, like all these people start DMing me. Everything, like it starts to blow up, and I'm like, what in the world? Most people are Chicago people. And it's like because it's about the World Series, yeah. and it just like it blows up. I was and in, the Cubs won. And then the in, Cubs won. Yeah, after the Cubs won. Yeah, I gotta go to the. I gotta go to a World Series game. It was sick. I was in government class at San Jack when you text me and you're like, "Dude, go like go check it out. Go go on Instagram right now." Bleacher Report was posting it. Oh well, yeah, I took was a- posting it, and then I like looked at your account. Like your followers are going through the roof. 
and I text you back and I'm like, dude, what is going on? And you probably text me back and we're like, dude, don't sleep. Or like, stay woke. <laughs> and then I don't think like you text me the rest of the day. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, I didn't know what to do. I, I took it like that day. I took over Bleacher Report Snapchat and yes. like, like all, a bunch of stuff. Did you learn anything from that experience? Or like, what did you learn from that? From I, being an over, like being like that, like boom, like explode. I actually learned that this is, sounds crazy. I didn't, I learned that I didn't want to be famous, famous. Like that was the perfect amount of fame where majority, 99% of the comments were positive. But I realized that I didn't want to be like uber famous. Like it was awesome, but I was also like, this is crazy. Like thousands of people are following me overnight. Like I, I enjoy making music. I'm going to continue to make music. I'm going to monetize this. But I was like, this is, it, it felt kind of weird. Um, and then going off of that, like I told you, I would only post when I pitched well yeah. because I was like, crap, now the Cubs are going to think yeah. I'm a rapper. Yeah, so I'd, right. I had to, I would strategically be like, I am not going to post anything. I would have a good outing. And then I would talk to Justin Steele, who's on the, the 60 man of the Cubs right now. And I'd be like, hey, now let's go like post a video, a 30 second video of me yeah. rapping. But like, I knew that I had to like reserve that. What? Did it open any type of door for music? Yeah. yeah obviously I, it gave yeah. you a platform. That gave you a bigger name. That gave me a platform. I mean, that night, uh, I or not I didn't that know night. if anybody came calling, like, hey, can we do something with you? There were so many people, and I was so, I didn't know how to handle it, that uh-huh. there was a bunch of people that I ignored. There was a bunch of people that reached out, like famous people, and I just, I didn't want to distract from baseball. Yeah. And so I took music so slow. Had I known that I was going to get cut the next year, yeah. I would have gone crazy. I would have started yeah. posting. You know what I mean? I would have became an influencer. Worn it out. Yeah. yeah. But, but because I didn't know that, I was like, sh- like I tech- I took it so slow. If you look back, I mean, they were not posts for week. Like, you know what I mean? I would post once every two weeks. Yeah. Whereas like, as y'all see now, people post every, like if you're an influencer, you're posting all the time. You got some clout. Yeah. yeah. You're and, rolling. And I was like, I'm going to take this slow because I don't want them to take this the wrong way. Um, but it, I mean, I, I did get a lot of opportunities and that's the reason that I have a voice now. But having said that, since that time, I've lost like 20,000 followers because I don't post. I remember you. Yeah. I remember you having that conversation with me at one point just saying like a lot of the stuff that I post is almost nonsense, but it's purely engagement because if I don't do this, then people are going to unfollow me. Yeah. And Remember you t- telling me, so, not those words. But no, no, that, that's, a, no, I probably said those words because. Like you're saying like I have to, like I, I had to sacrifice post. maybe some like douchey like posts. I, or that's where I got uncomfortable and that's why I stopped posting. And, and that's why I don't, like I do social media now yeah. like, too, but like I don't post every day and a million times a day because I got to the point where I was like trying to force these posts. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't force the post, I would lose a hundred followers. And when I made the post, I would gain 10 followers. And it was like, it got to the point where it was like, I have to force this content or else I see like an effect. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Like, yeah. I'm just going to make music and talk about what I want to talk about on Twitter and all, like all this stuff and just see where it goes. What's your song? Like, what's your go-to hype song? Oh, for what's the occasion? Just there, Okay. Let me give you three occasions. Okay. Somebody comes, Rager. At the Williamson household, somebody says, "John, this party's icing out, bro. Get us lit." <laughs> what, what? What? What is the? Uh, okay. Okay. What's the, age group? what's the age group? What's the age group? College kids. <laughs> College kids right now. 
I mean, Rockstar would probably get. This isn't my song. I'm. I'm just saying. So too many people get on the aux cord. This pisses me off. This is a, this and play the song that they want to hear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 So when you talk to someone, I'm not saying be a sociopath, but you need to talk to people and, and know your crowd. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bit. People that have no social yeah. feel make me cringe so much. When you just like talk and you're like, do you understand what how you're coming off? Same thing with songs. People grab the aux cord and they're like, listen to this jam, and it's like the like. Okay, Becky, you're the only one that likes that song. Like, are you? I kidding? feel like with broccoli by Dram. I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I feel like Becky would play broccoli. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, so, so if if it is college <laughs> kids, <laughs> if it's college kids right now, then you'd play the hottest song. No, but you. Somebody says, John, like, take us back a little bit. Like, what? Oh, take us back. Like, right. what was your hot song when you were in college? That oh. just is honestly. <laughs> I remember Good. just from being at your house what when Chainsmokers got hot and Chainsmokers did a uh, Small Pools remix. Oh, yes. That song was insane. And I think we listened to it 400 times. So I will say, so going back to what I'm, what I'm good at. Dreaming Chainsmokers you're, you're remix. Quite, I made a remix yeah. to that. So uh, uh, going back to your original question, I, I didn't find it, but uh, my friend Keller found Chainsmokers on SoundCloud. He was there. He was and was like, this is, yeah, he was like, this is sick. And I was like... I, I was uh, joking, but I was like, yeah, this is pretty sick. And then Chainsmokers blow up. But um, so if we're going, uh, there's so many good songs, though. Or pregame hype. I mean. The pregame hype song. I feel like right now people are into Kygo. You don't know Kygo, Tropical House. But that's a little bit more laid back. If I really. Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't think about this. I know the song already. Okay. 21st birthday. Austin, Texas. We go to Austin and we get a party bus. All of my friends, a lot of my friends go to UT. This is the perfect situation. We <laughs> hop in this bus, and I'm not kidding, didn't have AC. Had to be 45 people on this bus, probably max a 28-person bus. <laughs> it is it is packed, and people are sweating. One of my buddies, JC, already full sweat, had to take his shirt off because he was sweating so much, and he's just drenched in sweat. We get on this thing, and everyone's like, like yelling at the guy to turn on the AC, and I grab the aux cord. I'm like, we like we have to capitalize on this moment right now before people get pissed about the AC. I turn on the next episode by Dr. Dre. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And let me. I have to I have to play it. I have to play it. Target, target, target. Play it on your phone. Come on. This th- you will understand that this this will get any party going. And I have I have to relive it perfectly. I got you. Okay. This song comes on. JC starts going nuts. He's like punching himself in the face. And our bus driver hits the gas. I'm not kidding. Turns around and goes, somebody's going to die tonight. <laughs> and literally everyone like kind of goes back. And it goes, yeah. And like everyone starts freaking out. The world like got the people going. It was insane. Do you think that happens without the bus driver saying that, that those words? That's a great question. I think because it was, maybe that felt like I felt like that took it to the next level. I think so I think that was like I, I think it was so it was like on the beat drop, and everyone like <laughs> the, beat, the, beat, the beat the beat dropped, and everyone like wasn't immediately like happy. Everyone was like, "Oh, like," <laughs> and then like the beat dropped, and you're like, "Yes, like let's go!" And it was like, and then everything ended up being like a great night, but, but like. Like, <laughs> we all, I, I, yeah. So that that would be the song. That song gets people going. 
And then it drops out in the middle and then it comes Dude, back. Dude, you should throw that into one of your next songs. Just like the ad lib of, of somebody going to die tonight. Somebody's going to die tonight. You know, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. All right, so my, my question before Jared asked uh, the song question was, when you, you end up getting released, what was that feeling like? Did you see it coming? So here's the craziest thing. I didn't see it coming, but I did do something very dumb. My... <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I go through the whole low A year, had great rap, like, like blew up on social media and pitched out of my mind. Had like yeah. a two, three, seven. Yeah, low and a. that's why. Like dominated, best reliever, not, not just. Uh, you led the league in holds. Yeah, led the league in holds, which is the number one mid relief stat. Led the league in the holds. Uh, the only guy that pitched better than me got promoted um, to high A. So I was technically the best pitcher, best relief pitcher yeah. sorry, on that team. I come in the spring training the next year. I hurt my shoulder. Had to get a cortisone shot. Well, as a, I was old on that team. I was the oldest guy on that team. So when I came into spring training, I didn't want to tell them because if you're hurt, like people don't realize this. If you're hurt in minor league baseball and you're not a prospect, you're screwed. Yeah. Like you need to pitch. Like anyone that I tell, like if you're playing minor league baseball, if you're not hurt, hurt, you need to play. Yeah. Unless you're a prospect. If you're a prospect, go take your time. It's okay. But I wasn't a prospect. So I come in, get a cortisone shot. They asked if I'm fine. I said, yeah, I'm fine. They go, and I didn't tell them I had a cortisone shot. Yeah. I come in the very first day. They're like, hey, like we, you had a great year. We want to pitch you in a major league spring, spring training game, which that major league spring training was popping because they had just won the World Series. So yeah. every spring training game sold out. And they were like, hey, we're going to put you in a spring training game. You know, you know, hopefully you can break with high A or maybe even double A if you do really well because we don't have lefty relievers. Yeah. I come in. I'm like throwing like 85. Like, not throwing hard. And, and, and you're on that big platform, too, where yeah, it's yeah. usually... No, yeah. So, so, so I, didn't, I didn't face major leaguers, but I was facing, like, double-A guys in our, in our inner squads. And they're, like, trying to decide if I'm going to pitch in a major league game. Yeah. And I'm throwing 85. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, I, and I'm getting outs. I wasn't doing great. I gave up one home run, but maybe two or three runs in a couple outings. I don't know. And they end up not putting me in the major league spring training game, obviously. And they kind of bring me aside, and they're like, hey, we need you to step your velo up. My velo never really went up, and it comes to the last day where they post everybody on the board. And this goes back to my 35-man roster and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I could rant about this for hours. They post everybody that's breaking, low A, high A, double A, triple A, 25 people or whatever the roster size is, plus one for phantom DL. Yeah. So, you, so 100 people break plus big league. But what break means is you're going off with your team. Yeah. Well, there's also another 75 or 100 that are staying behind. Yeah. And those guys are going to go to rookie ball or short season or get cut. Mm-hmm. Those are the three options. So I'm like pumped because I'm like, I'm definitely going to, I was the best reliever in low A. Yeah. I get, I'm not on the list. And I'm like, they're not even sending me back to, they're not even, you know what I mean? I'm staying behind. Yeah. I immediately go talk to the pitching coordinator and I'm like, this is, you know, BS. Like, yeah. what, what do you mean? And I regret this to this day. I mean, I took it out poorly. I was yeah. like, I was like, hey, I was the best reliever in low A. Why wouldn't I at least go to high A? Or why wouldn't I at least go back to low A? Yeah. And he was just like, we just want to get your velocity up, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, why wouldn't I just ask for my release, go to another team, say I led the league in holds and get, and get picked up. And he was like, you know what? I'll let you think about that for the day. You come back to me. This is like 6 a.m. because it's yeah. spring training. Yeah. He's like, you come back to me at the end of the day and you tell me what you want to do. So he brings me back at the end of the day and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll stay with the Cubs. But like, he probably took that as like, this is kind of an FU moment of, you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Then they ship me out, similar story, ship me out at 6 a.m. 
but I have to leave the hotel at 3 a.m., don't sleep the whole way, get there, have a medium jersey, no name on the back, some whatever, and I get put in the game, bases loaded, bottom eight, um, one out, and throw a guy, four sliders in a row, break his bat, double play, get out of it. And I'm like, I'm back, baby. Like, let's, no, I actually said that. I come off the mound and we're down by like five. And I'm like, let's go. (laughs) And the person I bailed out, Dylan Maples, ended up making his debut that year. Mm -hmm. Started in high A, ended up bailing him out. He ends up making his debut that year. Who knows if I, like I said the first time, I cash in his runs. Who knows what happens that season? Yeah. You know what I mean? He best stuff in the The Cubs organization. Yeah, the luck. I mean, it it just takes a little bit of luck. In his case, not so much because he was absolutely filthy. So it wasn't like I like really catapulted his career or anything. But you should claim that. So no, I mean I would love to claim that, but no, he he's absolutely insane. But who knows if a couple bad luck, three runs. Who knows what happens? Uh, I have another outing. I faced Kyle Tucker of the Strohs. Actually, Um, ended up getting him out, but. Had an okay outing. Then my third outing, I really shine. Like, go, like, an inning and two-thirds yeah. and start throwing hard again. I'm throwing, like, nine, sitting 91. And I'm like, I'm set. Didn't pitch for a week. And they call me into the office, and they're like, you're done. And I'm, like, yelling at the at the manager because it's not his fault. Yeah. But he's, like, the he's messenger. He's a guy. And I'm, like, yelling. I'm, like, what do you mean I'm done? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Full circle. Um the worst day of my life, obviously, didn't see it coming. I send an email out to every Houston scout, every single one. And I'm like, hey, I'll come play. Here are my stats. I didn't get cut because of a, you know, discipline or anything. I, I don't know why I got cut. Don't get a response from any. End up driving home from Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. where I was about to buy an apartment. Um, this is crazy and a little too serious for this podcast. But my dad ended up passing away two months after that moment. Had I not gotten cut... I never would have saw him. Like, never been able to say goodbye. So I get cut, spend my last, the next two months with my dad in the hospital, like, on deathbed, literally. Literally blessed. And got to hang out with him. And we had never, like... Yeah, like y'all know how it goes. like we had never really talked about serious stuff. Yeah. That time when I got cut, I printed out a picture of uh, me in a Cubs jersey at spring training and him in a Cubs hat, mm-hmm. and like wrote a, a note next to that picture, and was like, "Hey, thank you for all like." everything you've done for me yeah. and, and like this wasn't me pit playing professional baseball this was this was you like you, yeah. you you did this for me without you know and I remember giving that to him and him crying and me crying and me and him had never I had if I cried it was because I was pissed at him and I've never seen him cry right you know what I mean so and I gave that to him and it was like the coolest honestly probably the best moment of my life because yeah. it was like something I had shared with him that I wouldn't one I shouldn't have been able to because if I was yeah. playing I wouldn't have been able to but two is like something that had never happened between us yeah you know what I mean and I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world that I got to say like hey thank you when, when I wouldn't have had, had the opportunity to say that so one thing that you just thought was the worst just turned into like led you to it no, a yeah. moment that would, will by far beat a lot of other moments in your life yeah, I would have regretted that for the rest of my life for sure. Because there's no way to leave. Like a that. bunch of people run into personal issues in minor league baseball. Yeah. Baseball, and they might take a day or two off. They might fly home for a day or two. Yeah. That's it. Because you can't. It's your it's your everyday job. Yeah. It's your job. No. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody I know has taken more than a couple of days off in minor league baseball. Plus, it, it wouldn't have worked out anyway because he wouldn't have been like, "Oh, I'm really sick." He would yeah. be like, "Oh, I'm fine." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Which parallel universe of yourself would you like to meet? 
parallel universe. So like, is this me in another body or is this me in another time? This is you in a parallel universe. So it's basic, it's the same time frame, okay? Except for, wait, how old are you right now, 26? Uh, yeah. Except for your 26 year old John Williamson is um, maybe like an astronaut. Or maybe like a. You know. You know what I. No. No. no I, I already. Surprisingly, as weird of a question as this is, I know the answer. I would like to know. Had I, not that I think I would be a football player, but had I freshman year, played football at Lamar. At Lamar. Not because. <laughs> what would have happened? Yeah. Not because of any type of like NFL was, aspirations, but like what what would I what do? If it, what if you look at that universe and you're. You live in Europe, and you're the owner of um, the next te- up-and-coming Tesla company. Can I become that? Like, is there any way to merge my life with that like, that that imagine universe? Imagine if like <laughs> that was contingent on you playing. Like stuff like that happens. Imagine. No, no, that, no, wait, 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 wait. Before you say imagine, stuff like that literally, literally does not happen. <laughs> no, stuff like this happens. People. We, we, but we'll never know. You'll never know and you'll never not know. You'll never know if – you'll never know. Listen, if I move this right here, you'll never know. If I didn't move that, the world might have imploded. Okay. But you'll never know. <laughs> so, so, so unf- I hate to say this, but I'm actually a conspiracy theorist with that too. Okay. So I, I agree with you that if you change stuff, anything could have happened. But – it's yeah. I forgot what I was saying. That was ridiculous. You were saying something that was ridiculous, but that wasn't that ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, if you change circumstances, who knows what happens? Right, but if you change the past, you never know well, what could have happened. What could have happened? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So you're really opinionated on Twitter when it comes to, <laughs> to minor league. Do you ever to, to minor league baseball? He really yeah. is, and hot takes, but. Okay, it's not a hot take to make more than minimum wage as a professional (laughs) athlete. It's absurd the people that come at me on Twitter when it it makes no sense. They act like I am trying. My Wi-Fi still doesn't work. By the way, (laughs) they make they act like I'm trying to make an argument why these people should make a hundred grand. I made. When you play rookie ball, you make 1100 bucks a month. You don't play the whole year. You play six or seven months, eight months at max. You don't get paid during spring training. So you're making less than $10,000 a year. Yeah. Poverty level is at twelve grand. That makes no sense to play professional baseball and get paid that crappily. If you pay more, one, you're going to be able to train more. You're going to be able to focus. You're not going to have to worry about living yeah. on uh, a blow-up mattress. My low-A year, I, live, I, I lived with Preston Morrison. He was dominating. He was one of the best college pitchers of all time. Y'all can yes, look up his stuff. At, at TCU, absolute animal. We both get drafted. He has a great short season. I don't have a good short season. We both break with Loe. We live together. We start looking at places. I know I'm on the Phantom DL, which means I could get demoted at any point. I know that he's a prospect. He could go up at any point. Yeah. Me and him come to the mutual agreement. We're like, we need to get a crappy apartment because we could both be out of here in a week. And so we both get blow up mattresses. Yeah. We find the cheapest apartment that we could live in, literally in South Bend, right, right next to a train track. Here's our apartment. That's the train track. Um, 300 bucks a month, month to month lease, uh, no washer and dryer. Unbelievable. We both move in the first night. We're sitting on our air mattresses. We try to order Pizza Hut or Domino's, one of the two. 
and we call them and we tell them our location. They go, oh, we don't deliver to that location. We're like, why don't you deliver to that location? Last, Robberies? No. Last time uh, a guy came out there, uh, there was gunshots, and he had to flee the scene. We, we will not come back. Hung up on us. That's the first minor league apartment we lived in because we could neither of us could afford. It was like we're not going to sign a year-long lease, yeah. and he's going to get promoted, and I'm going to get demoted. Funny enough story, we either we both don't go anywhere. We end up end up living on an air mattress for six months. <laughs> of course, he he gets to, he gets promoted at the very end. He lived on an air mattress for five months. I lived on an air mattress for six months, and that was it. And of course, my my bedside table was a cardboard box. <laughs> People need to realize that when people come after minor league pay, it's not out of a place of like, these people need to be paid like Mike Trout. It's like, pay these guys 50 grand a year. That way they can focus on baseball, but they can also afford to save. So I know plenty of people that stopped playing minor league baseball. Some of them got cut, but some of them didn't. And they quit because it was like, this isn't making sense for me. You have to come from money for it to make sense to, to, to pursue minor league baseball, or you have to get drafted, or uh, yeah. sorry, uh, a signing bonus. Prospect, yeah. You have to Big be a bonus. Signing bonus. And if not, then you have to have family money. Um, you can make it without any family money, but you got to be willing to not have savings. Like it's tough when you're 23, and are like let's, let's call it 25. When you're 25 and you're looking across at a starter job, and your buddy's making however much he's making, and you're making 10 grand a year, and you're like, Am I, should I really do this? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, and these organizations are before a pandemic when people have you're selling out stadiums, you're making a lot of money. I mean, they're billion dollar organizations, right? Yeah, and you can't can't dish out. And I don't know who what, where the money goes to everywhere else, but you can't tell me that you can't dish out. Well, it's only people people have done the math too. It's only like I forgot. I don't want to butcher this because I, I it it makes me mad. But it's like only a million or two if you if you were just to add. You know, I mean, just throw a little bit when more you're, money when you're. An organization or a business like that, you can you can find that money. But I also think it would make your life. You it it makes these it. guys' lives better because they can concentrate more on yeah. it. When you pay them nothing, it's just it's it's hot. People get in the off season, they're like, why don't I go do something else? Has there ever been should an I really should for this? Uh, there the, the have any like owners or well, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in like thirty or forty years. Thirty or forty years ago, they were making eleven hundred bucks a month. That's which how wild is, it is. Which is think, a lot think, more. Well, no, no, but think about our parents or our grandparents' salaries, and they're like, "Oh, I made twenty thousand dollars a year, or whatever." And they're like, at that time, that's a lot of that's money. Really cool. yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And then now it's like sixty thousand. I'm not doing the math correctly, yeah. but like that, it's like in 1980, minor league baseball players were making, making eleven hundred bucks a month. In 2020, minor league baseball players are making. You know what I mean? And another thing I think is wrong with the system is similar with college baseball. I think you have too many guys. Like I remember yeah. getting in there and just being like, you're, you're so excited to break with a team and there's four teams that break. And then there's another hundred dudes that are like, well, I guess I'm going to hang around on this spring training complex a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you get drafted, you're not a, like, I think it needs to be a system. When you get drafted or you get picked up, you have a legitimate shot of making it right now. You have like a five or 10%, even once you get drafted, once I got drafted, Statistically, I had like a five or ten percent chance of making it. I, I love. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'd do it again. I would yeah. do it right now. But it doesn't make the system right. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like it doesn't make it right. Yeah. So let's go to current. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Um, What's your next upcoming project? The. I mean, honestly, what I've been working on is not not rap. It's mostly uh, it's mostly like house music. I don't. I don't even know tropical house like DJ type stuff. Um, so not, what's the what's the next step in that? What's the next thing? Like, um, where do you see yourself, or where do you want to be 
in that. I want to, I mean, I honestly, like I said at the beginning, I have no desire to be like, not that I was on that track, but to be famous, but I want to keep making music. I'll make music for the rest of my life, but I don't want to like be pigeonholed into like rap or, or house music or tech. You know what I mean? I just like, I honestly just like, y'all saw my setup. I just make music because it's fun and I want people to have a good time and I try to pay attention to the trends. So if you're talking about what's next is I, I try to pay attention to the trends and I listen, I watch a documentary on Kygo like a couple weeks ago and that's when I put out like a house album because I was like oh this is cool music and I got on splice.com and found some house samples and made some house songs and so I think I'm just like following the trends of what people like to listen to and then I try to make what people like to listen to that's awesome so I was telling you I was telling him earlier that ultimately like this is so like passion driven and it's for fun but the cool thing too is that I, I like how you said you like to learn like you're learning as you go it's not you're not pigeonholed into one thing but you've taught yourself and I don't know if freshman year of college or senior year of high school John could say like I can make the music I am now no I, th- I think it's come a long way and I think you have to acknowledge like that it's a growth thing like as cliche as that sounds like I, I wasn't very good at it and I don't consider myself very good at it but the funny thing is I consider myself so much better than I was yeah right which is such a wild thing to think about it's like I sucked I still think I suck, but I think that the gap between those two is so wild. And what that does is give you motivation to go, okay, if this is the gap, imagine the gap in another four years. You know what I mean? Like that's what motivates me is like trying to become better at that. And like what I do now with music is like my biggest thing is like if I'm playing someone a song, I like try to look at their reactions, not what they say, because obviously everyone's going to be like, oh, this is sick because no one's going to tell you that your song is bad, but I'll like watch. And if they're head nodding yeah. or if they're foot tapping. foot tapping or biggest thing is like you turn the song off and like an hour later they're humming or saying yeah. one of the words. You're like, I, that's the song like that. That's it. Because obviously every single person's going to tell you, like I send y'all, I send Tucker yeah. songs all the time. He's never going to be like, dude, that's not it. But if like he says something that he doesn't usually I did say, critique one. Yeah, you did. I did critique, and you're like, damn it, like I already like. Yeah, it. But yeah. Yes, he was like, yes, thank you. I need that. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You're like, I want that. Yeah, and I appreciate that, but not not many people do that. Jerry, that was a good question about music, because I was I was going to transition into also your the other side of your life. Mm-hmm. More importantly, what you're you know doing day to day, going to school, learning to be a lawyer. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> so. uh... <laughs> No, my dad was an attorney, and when I went to Rice my freshman year... Um, Where'd you study at Rice? I remember on my visit, I thought I was going to study uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to be an architect. <laughs> and they showed me, they, the, Coach Pierce, the head coach at Texas, showed me the architecture school. He goes, hey, you see those guys walking out right now? And it's like <laughs> noon. He goes, you see those guys walking out? And I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, they slept there overnight. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're not going to be an architect. And um, not in a bad way. He was just like, there's no way to do baseball and uh, in architecture. And I don't know why I even wanted to do that. It was just like a... It's just so sick. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's cool. I just think it's cool. Um, And so then I registered in econ classes and I was doing well at Rice in every class but economics. And I was like, this is the hardest thing in the world. And I had a tutor that was on the team and it was still impossible. And um, ended up dropping out of that. And I was like, I guess I'll do political science. And with that, I took some, like, what are considered pre-law courses, you know, about uh, different type of law stuff. And I was like, okay, if, I, if baseball doesn't work out, I'm going to become an attorney because my dad was an attorney. And then when I was with the Cubs, this is another dumb thing that most people don't know, 
is I got an email that was, I don't even think you know this, Tucker, was, would you like to participate in this lawsuit? I was like, this is weird. I'm like, why? Well, this is probably a wrong email. So I started reading it. It was Sen versus uh, S-E-N-N-E. And y'all can look it up. Versus Office of Major League Baseball. And it was uh, Minor League Baseball suing the Office of Major, Major League Baseball for uh, minimum wage violations, for not getting paid as much. And I joined that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm like, if the Cubs, maybe the Cubs knew that. And maybe that was a fact. Cause I mean, you're you're essentially suing your employer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when I told my dad, who's an attorney, he was like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, I can't stress this enough. You're 23 years old. You can do what you want. And he looked me straight in my eyes. He's like, "That's one of the dumbest decisions that." Did it that ever go make. by in your head to like, hey, let's? Well, no, because I was so fired up about it. I'm, I'm sitting on a freaking air mattress. On, um, in a three hundred dollar apartment, and there's a train going by my thing, and I'm trying to there's learn how to hit. I'm, I'm literally trying to learn how to hit the jump at Koopa Troopa Beach on <laughs> on N sixty four. I'm like, I can't hit this jump, and then I get an email that's like, you may be entitled to compensation. Also, minor league baseball is evil, and I'm like, absolutely, I agree with all of this. Let's go. Let's let's try to make this system right because I still believe in that, but. At the same time, now looking back, I was like, yeah, that should have been <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you shouldn't do that. I don't know if the Cubs ever knew that. And also, the, the it ended up getting dismissed. But but I was like, that, was, that wasn't smart. So Wait, what was the question? Yeah, no, it was currently you're in law school. And so. oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when, so when I got done, or no, 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 when I walked, oh, this is, this is funny. <laughs> I haven't told this story. <laughs> Sorry. I'm killing y'all. Uh... Okay, draft day. Uh, I get Cubs call me on the day on day two. <laughs> Scroll back up. No, 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 Scroll no, 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 no. The Cubs call me on day two, and they're like, "Oh, we might take you in the tenth round." And I'm like, at that time, I had like a I had three nine year. Like I was not supposed to be a tenth rounder. I was like, yeah. "What in the world?" But it was because they could take a senior and sign me for a thousand because yeah. of how the slot bonuses and everything work. So right. tenth round was all seniors. So they're like, "Oh, we're gonna try to take you in the tenth." Uh, I'm confused. Oh, uh, <laughs> they were going to take me in the 10th round. And so I, anyways, they end up not doing that. And so I'm like, dang it. Like I already got my hopes up. So I take all of my questionnaires and I have them stacked up and I have the number of each scout that's like on the thing. And the, on the third day of the draft, which is 11 through 40, I start calling all the scouts and I'm like, Hey, I'm still interested in getting drafted by the Cardinals you know, would you please, whatever. And like some of them are returning my call, some of them aren't. And I call the Cubs and I'm like, hey, like I'm still interested in getting drafted by the Cubs. What's the update? And he goes, uh, we have a bunch of guys kind of in line ahead of you. Like my pick's coming up later because it's an area scout. And I was like, okay, like what can I like do? And he goes, well, just let me know if any other team uh, shows interest. And I go, okay. And he goes, yeah, just call me back if any other team shows interest. I hang up that phone. I literally start flipping through all these questionnaires. I call everyone I know and I'm like, hey, Bob, like, you know, and I start talking to the Yankees, uh, the Marlins, and like a bunch of other people. And then I call the Cubs back and I go, I'm talking to the Yankees and Marlins. And he's like, okay, we're going to, we'll snag you with the next pick. And so then I call the Marlins back and I'm like, hey, the Cubs are snagging me in the next round. Can you get me before then? And then I do the same thing with the Yankees. I said, oh, I'm talking to both these teams. Like, can y'all snag me before the next round? 
And this happens all in like around round 20. And then Cubs end up taking me to the 23rd. But I ended up telling someone that story and they start laughing. And I was like, why are you laughing? And they're like, that's literally what an agent does on draft day is they, you were talk, joking about hype. They build hype. So like, you know, Trey Cruz's agent is, is calling and then they're immediately taking that conversation and pitching it to a better deal with another team and, and being like, doing that as a, I was doing that as, I was doing that as a player and I was in, in someone, and someone said that I was like, damn, maybe I need to be an agent. agent. And so when I got done, I wanted to be an agent interviewed with some agencies and every single one offered me like an unpaid internship. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do this right now. Like, why don't I go back to school and I can either do this full time on my own. I can actually get paid by you or I can go become another type of attorney, get some experience. And if I wanted to go back into sports, I could, or I could just go to the full-time attorney route. And that's, that's what I did. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and then it worked out last summer. I got to work for U of H and I actually worked in the yeah. compliance department where I helped a uh, different athlete. Like I helped to, uh, people get red shirts and you know hardship waivers and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I've I've been able to help people through that. Um, but who knows if it, if I'll get back into the sports or if it will stay like just strictly law. I feel like you will get back into sports at some point. <sighs> yeah, at, at least on the I side. feel like I feel like that's who John Waveson is. So yeah, I, I was gonna ask like what what's the future hold? I mean, you got what? How how much longer law school? Another two semesters or something? Yeah, so I just have, I have one year left, and then like I said, I'd like to get back into sports, but who knows? I think I think another avenue back into sports is is go do something, mm-hmm. uh, go be an attorney somewhere, and you can bring your rolodex of you know people that you know that are in sports yeah. and help them out in different ways, or you could go straight into it. And then I, I want to keep making music, and I'm you know I'm also doing entertainment law with some of the stuff I'm doing where I where I have to handle some of the royalties and fees like that. So I mean, there's a bunch of legal issues in both in everything I'm doing and then also like coaching and stuff on the side taking this full circle do you now know why the first three words I said was random word generator random word generator (laughs) you remember that yeah you were saying that it was the only three words and you didn't have wi-fi yeah but but this in my brain this makes sense what you just said like the um the ending climax of this podcast was what Tucker just said and it in my way of saying it, it, the only thing I could say was random word generator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I do have stuff all over the place, um, you know, from law to sports to music to coaching to, you know. Uh, well, John, any last words, last hours that you want to add? I was waiting for another Birch question. Birch, do you want to sign us off with a question? If you were in the CIA, why didn't you ask any of these earlier? I've asked every single one. Oh, nice. If you were in the CIA, one, yes, would you tell us? My grandpa worked in CIA. Two, so yes. What would you do? And three, I kind of feel like you're a spy a little bit, maybe, but you'd be a really good spy. Would I tell y'all? No. No, I can answer that for John. No, he wouldn't. He'd say, dude, chill. If you asked him. If you dude, yeah. chill. You go, dude, chill. Like, no. Shut what? And if you are in the CIA, we're on to you. <laughs> um, I don't know what I would do. I I wouldn't tell y'all. And if I was in the CIA, I would. I don't know how that didn't uh, come yeah, up. Can I end the podcast? Yes, we can end the podcast. <laughs> but seriously, John, thanks for doing this. <laughs> How long has it been? I literally don't know how I'm going to do it. Like, I, I really don't know where I start with this and how I'm going to divide this. 
So I, I originally wanted to be like a recurring guest, and but I feel like we're just gonna talk too long. Yeah, we're definitely reassessing all <laughs> all former plans right now. <laughs> I didn't know y'all had a million questions. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> I appreciate it. We we appreciate it, Jared. Any final words? No questions, just words. I know, I'm out. That's it? Alright, we're Thanks, out. Thanks, John, so much. Thank you. <laughs> Head back to Longview, Kelly popping trunk. I ain't even tripping. Riding and I'm sipping. Let me come through four foes that are tipping. Let me let Watch the trunk crack. Let me sit sideways, see me running back. Maybe AP, maybe AD. I ain't even tripping because we some athletes. Messing with Smitty in the summertime. He get pissed if we don't make our time. But we gonna get it because we gotta finish. Nebraska home. Man, we diminish. Yeah. Yeah. Little. Yeah. I ain't like a skittle. Yeah. I ain't even tripping. I ain't never double dribble. Yeah. Cause I'm a player from the Himalaya. Yeah. Let me sit sideways, man. Maybe back door. Yeah. Maybe fall off. Yeah. Sipping codeine cause I gotta kill the cow. Yeah. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin. Yeah. I let the stoops. Yeah. Let me sit sideways in the Tudo coupe. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting clean. Foes yeah. on the lean. Yeah. Look at my pants, got a Sag in my jeans. Yeah. Let me sit sideways cause I'm steady coming. Yeah. PT throwing that ball and it's humming. Yeah. I'ma gon' catch it. Yeah. I'ma gon' wretch it. Yeah. Man, I'm sitting sideways, boy, showing naked today. Yeah. Yeah.